That's Lexi. That's Ox. And this is our beautiful podcast. Our beaut- Oh my goodness! You've heard it here! I'm so, so excited. It's the second- It's your second burp on the pot on the entirety of our podcast! Uh, I burped before you got here. Fuck you off. You think you're not gonna do it again, eating Chipotle? I took that lactate pill. I'm good. I also took a lactate pill and I still burped. Anyways, we're eating Chipotle. <laughs> Today's ASMR. We did some behind the scenes prepping and then I decided, fuck it, let's just start recording. Yeah, let's just start recording. We um, will be doing more House of Leaves. We'll do it a little differently um, this time just because if not, this book is going to take the majority of our podcast career. Yeah. Probably. You don't want to do this for the next 20 years, Lexi? I mean, <laughs> you don't we could become known as the house, at that point we become known as the House of Leaves podcast. What happens when we finally finish it after 20 years? Um, we just change our name to a new book and start again? Yeah, we read, we read Tender is the Flesh next with Bryce on. Because I'm going to read that, and then after I'm done, Bryce is going to read that, and then after he's done, I'm going to give it to you, and then you get through as much as you can until you can't do it anymore. And then we talk about it. And then we talk about it. See? See? I got it all planned out. You're going to ask. You, you, you think you were trying to get me with that fucking aha of like, what are we going to fucking read now to this bitch? I already got one. I already got three. And a series. Which I still haven't started yet. Uh, that's fine. I'm reading The Stand right now. We can talk about that a little bit. Um, and... Oh, I know what I was going to say, though. Yeah. When I started, because we were talking about refunds. And so I wanted to bring up about that. Oh, yeah. For context, um, I have no money because Instacart took out a $99 fucking yearly fee for Instacart Plus, even though I thought I canceled. I guess I didn't. Um, my free trial, I think they gave me the free trial if I did the yearly. That's how they fucking get you. Mm. Yeah, um, read. yeah. I'm going to talk about that. I'm, <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Um, so I went online, I canceled it. They asked why I said it was too expensive and then said, okay, you're going to get your 90, you're going to get all of your $99 in seven to 10 business days. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, you were saying back to did you spill that on my beautiful couch Am no I... it went to the floor <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, bit of rice well what's it got to the floor it's only got some lime in it lime and cilantro it's fine i'm gonna try to get through there's like a burst in the seam of mine so i'm gonna get to that burst and then put it away i know he was like he was struggling I mean, my dinner for tonight. Okay. I will talk about this. Mm. Why did I be sorry, Squirrels? Your floor is fucking white. Yeah, it sure is. It's okay. I'll find it later when it dries and it sticks to my foot. <laughs> I'm sorry, anyways. It's okay. I, it's okay. Look at look at the fucking shit on my floor. I, it's fine. Bringing him over here to the middle. To the center. To the center. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me take a little sippy. And then I'm going to have a little rant. Okay. I'm chopping and I'm listening. Um, you want to call this your five minutes? Oh, 
it'll take me, yeah, that'll take me about five minutes. Hang on, let me sip first before my timer starts. Of course. Um, if you have something else to talk about for your five minutes, we can just make this a tenny. True that. And then do five, and this can just do five, five. Okay. So, five minutes. Customer service. Your timer yes. sets. So, at my job, because we are a third party, the way our system works, not a lot of people, not a lot of our customers really know, hmm. and that's fine. We keep it that way. Usually, it's just easier. Um, but so we have like the customer, us, and then the partner. Mm -hmm. And the partner can vary. Sometimes it's like a hotel, sometimes it's a theme park, sometimes it's like another third party, second party that works with like a hotel. Mm -hmm. It depends. Some hotels are different. Some of them are like, we can talk to you in person. That's fine. And others are like, don't fucking talk to me. Talk to my bestie. And we talk to bestie. And bestie's like, yeah, um, I'm not going to talk to the hotel until you get me some information because she's a busy lady, okay? And we're like, please, <laughs> just let us know if we can cancel this or not. Mm-hmm. Anyways, at least on the customer's end, first off, <laughs> so a lot of my job is not really directly dealing with customers. Sometimes I do very rarely get a customer call, and I help them out. There's only two companies that I actually will get the call for. On a busy day, I might get four calls throughout the day. Jealous. Jealous of you. Okay. I, even though I also hate it. Because then it's like, I'm doing absolutely... Well, I'm not doing absolutely nothing. I'm doing my fucking job. And then the little phone system starts ringing. I'm like, ah! It's my first call. It's two. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> but... A lot of my other thing is I'm usually observing how agents do their thing to check for errors and stuff. And some of this involves listening to phone calls. Because either one, I'm tasked with checking like phone call evaluations, basically. Or I'm reading the notes that some agent put in and I don't fucking understand what the hell they're talking about. Because these dudes, some of them don't know how to write. No, and it's not even the fact that they learn English because some of them are from the Philippines and Guatemala. It's not that. Mm. It's quite literally, they've been trained, they went through everything, and they just don't write what happened. They're like, I refunded. And I'm like, all right. Why? Why did you refund this non-refundable item? Care to explain why you thought that's what we do? It's okay. I, I refunded. I refunded. <laughs> what? So I have to pull the call <laughs> so I can figure out what the fuck happened during the phone call that caused the agent to do what they did. And some of these phone calls, some of them I am on the agent side because some of the customers, first off, manners. I understand if you're upset that your hotel didn't go through, that you spent a lot of money, that you have to go get another one. We get it, okay? We do our best to try to help you. But at the same time, we make it very known that we are a third party. And what that means is that it's like a double-edged sword. We get you nice discounts for shit, but we can't make a lot of decisions on our own. A lot of it is us going back to the partner or the seller or whatever and being like, hey, um, some shit happened. Can right. you please investigate what happened so we can take care of our customer? And the partner is like, yeah, I'll get back to you in 30 days. And we're like, all right, well, Susie, is not gonna wait 30 days. 
Susie wants this done by the end of today. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have a minute left. I thought you were asking for a minute. No, no. Well, oh, oh, okay. That's your five minutes? I'm going to be longer. It'll be a 10 years. Okay. All right. But they're just bitches. Some of them are. I'm not going to lie. I know I'm the customer like success thing. So my whole thing is making sure we take care of the customer. And we do. We try our goddamn best. But some of these customers, man, I'll be honest. I don't give a shit. Some of them I come onto that phone care. call. And they are so mean. And it's like, I get it, you're upset. But like, being mean and cruel to the agent who has no idea what you're talking about and they have to review the order notes because they you they just got your phone call. They do not know who you are. Do Our you system know? does not pull up anything. My mother is dead! They'll, the customer will go off. They're like, I've been doing this, 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 and the agent is sitting there with their screen not having anything open, and they're like, can I get your order so I can, like, review notes? You know what I think part of, part of it is, I'll pause it real quick, is that I think it's a lot of them, I, it's like, it's like, it's like threefold. First, it's the clientele. They're old. They're I'm probably like older. It varies. Yeah. Okay. Um. One is the clientele. They just don't have manners. Yeah. Some of them really do not. Um, and a lot do. And sometimes they get driven like to the edge. And at that point, we get it. And we usually will do something at that point to take care of them because we don't want them to ever feel that way. But like you know, niceness and kindness go so fucking far. Yeah. Um, and I know it's. Hard. But it really goes far. The second thing is, like, do you guys have, like, an automated system that, like, directs them? Like, a call. Do they have, do you have a phone directory when we you call? We kind of do. We have two, like, it's options. Like, please there's press the sales team one. and there's, like, a customer service team, basically. So, like, if you want to make an order, you go to sales. And if you have some issue with your order, you go to the other. If you would like to purchase, press one. If you're calling about something you recently purchased, press two. Basically. Okay. Um, so it's probably another bit of that. Like, how many, do you know how many fucking automated voices I listen to every day? I think ours is only, I think it's just the one for ours, though. But, like, at that point, for, like, these goods and services, for the amount of goods and services you do all the time, not you specifically, but, like, that you get, or that you have to call about, or have to ask about, it's always a robotic voice first, so you're always like... Mm, I'm looking at like I understand like the fr- frustration builds because of like in a few seconds of going through the robot voice they're already getting lit literally literally I guarantee you it's like I have to listen to another yeah um it's it's that uh and then like third fold is like I mean third fold sometimes they don't is... see it's it's the anonymity too it's yeah. a clientele it's like they're loading frustration with everything include like that starting with with the fucking call directory lighting the fuse <laughs> that fucking voice that's because i think it's literally just you call the number you get your two options thank you for calling da, da, da. if you'd like to make a purchase press one blah, 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 press two and then they go I think that's it. literally that's that's all they need like it's it's an affront to them enough 
that they have that they don't get a person at first glance. Well, it's kind of good they don't. They're I'll like they're like I am so special. I am the customer with a capital C for cunt. I want to talk to a person and get my problem solved right now. My mother is dead, which means I'm the only person that matters. No, some of them do, because, like, the agents will, the uh-huh. ones that are good and trained, with you mean? will, like, explain the process. They'll be like, oh, hey, sorry, we can't, we can't cancel this thingy for whatever reason because of the cancellation policy, but we can send a request and try to get, like, you know, an exception. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a whole process to it. But some of these people do not understand. No! Of course they They're like, can't, can I talk to a supervisor? And it's like, no. the supervisor's going to tell you the same thing. You have- And the supervisor will. They're like, I'm sorry, but this is, like, our process. And I've listened to some customers who are like, well, can I talk to your partner? You have to call the hotel. And we're like, we have a process. We don't call the partner does or emails like the hotels have even told us we can only email them we don't tell them all that stuff that's that kinda, internal knowledge that kind of sucks it does and especially because sometimes some of the cases like the partner or the company like say if it's a hotel some of their front desk don't know how our company works or whatever so they'll be like oh no they have to give you the money and we're like and the customer will get fucking pissed because we're telling them we need approval from the front desk or like a manager to send to our partner to send to the hotel. And they're like, but the hotel said I'll get my money. And we're like, we know. But Becky at the front desk does not know that Apparently. she's not the department we talked to. basically and like sometimes some of the companies themselves are not helpful or it's like a different department we talk to but that the front desk or whatever doesn't know about and I can't it's confusing and a lot of it we can't like talk or explain as well to the customer and then they get pissed some of it's just like have some manners be kind don't be a doormat we get it don't be a doormat but just have a little grace. Yeah. Give them a little grace. It's like a little. And I get it. Some of the agents do kind of fuck it up. And that's why I'm there to kind of look through and be like, hey, you fucked up. You fucked up on August 25th. <laughs> You're getting an error. Thankfully, everyone else kind of fixed it afterwards. But you delayed this person's issue by a month because of your fuck up. We're going to train you. Don't do that again. If you do it again, gonna air you again. Gonna air you, bitch. Until you go away or get better. Yeah. Um, and then other times, other times, it's just that the customer can't fucking read. I hear some of these calls and the customer will be like, but 
I didn't know that. And the agent will be like, okay, but it, the expiration date's on the ticket. It says when it expires. You can't use it tomorrow. It expired at the beginning of this year. <laughs> That's so funny. And the <laughs> ticket said it. And the customer will be like, can't you do something, though? Like, you didn't say that. And it's like, but it did. You put it in your shopping cart. Everything said to read the terms and conditions. Like, you know how you don't read terms and conditions? We live by that. We will specifically smack the customer with it sometimes when they're like, ah, what about this? And we're like, if you read the cancellation policy, you see that was there. That's not our fault that you can't read. Like, we really tell them to read. And every time I hear some of those calls and I'm listening to the person, like, complain about the, the fact they didn't read and the agent's like, okay, but, like, we put a lot of warnings on the site. The ticket itself said this information. It's in bold. It's the biggest font on the ticket. That's not how the agent actually does it. But. <laughs> it's, ma'am, it's in the, the biggest font at the very top of the thing. I can see the tickets. So I can literally pull up the PDF to see what the customer like sees and mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And I can see. Expiration date, big on the site, it says expires by blank, cannot use after blank. So at what point did they think, oh, I can use it five months after? It'll be fine. I'm not worried. Oh, yeah. And then after I hear those calls, I think about that one article that said a majority of Americans only have like a fifth grade reading level and I die a little bit outside. That's true. It is. It is. And it's not even like that the ticket's in jargon or anything. It literally just says, will expire by blank. Here's how to redeem. Ticket cannot be blah, 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 blah. It says it. We tell you. Even the bad agents normally will tell you, you should read, open your ticket, and it'll explain how you redeem it. And I hope when they open it, because they can read enough to redeem it. Mm -hmm. They have no issue there. The issue comes when they figure out they can't use it a second time after they used it the first time. It's like, yeah, it was a one day only ticket. <laughs> you can't use it a second day. You didn't buy that one. You're like, you didn't earn it. And they're like, but what about that? It's like, no, you didn't. Well, we can buy you another one day one or but a two day one, but no, you used it. Your money's not moving to the new Your order. money's not good here. Get out. I know there's that motto that customers always write. They're not. They 100% are not. A majority of the time, sure, they do have an issue going on. We are doing our best to fix it, and I get it. But there are a few of those who just are trying their best to get something, get something free, just fucking don't want to acknowledge the fact that they can't read and they make it our problem. Oh my god. There's a guy on TikTok who's learning how to read. He's like crying while he does it. Laugh at that, but good for him. No, yeah, he's learning. Yeah, yeah. Why is he crying? Is it because it's hard? Well, you know, he's a grown man who's learning how to read. He's reading Charlotte's Web on the internet. I hope he gets encouragement. I yeah. hope he can read the encouragement. I. 
me up from the scrubs she's like there you go there you go oh oh it's okay it's okay i'm like no 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 please she's like no it's okay it's okay i'm trying to help you look look it's your family like your friend yes <laughs> yes <laughs> what do you we mean? have to take the escalator down what do you mean what, what do you think happens to us down there I, wait we're not like bad we're not awful no I think we'd go to like not limbo, but like. Do you think we? Do you think that they give us like an office job? They're like, you know what? As above, so below, bitch. You know, you did just enough to land yourself right here. To land yourself in an office job. In an office job. In corporate. But office job with the bestie, so it's ten times better. And then we can move up in the company, and then I can sleep with the CEO, who is the devil. Cause. The CEO is the, the CEOs are the devil. So it works out. And then we'll, Unless we'll, we'll get us. It has different layers. Yes. If you go by like how Windigoon has that whole thing. So technically we could just be on like a little outskirt layer where they're like, yeah, you can't go much further, but you can vibe here. You were okay enough. You can vibe here, but you're not going to ever go to the center. We'll be like, I can't fuck hey. the CEO. No, bitch. He's an internal suffering. God. Maybe when he's on vacation or something. Like, give Sometimes him a rest. Sometimes we have to, like, go between hell and heaven so we have to take the escalator. And we're like, man, I hate commuting. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we work in hell, but we live in limbo. Oh, my God. There's a comic like that or something. It's, like, one of those, uh, not a boomer one specifically. I but it was, like... One of the people at the check-in podium for the Heaven's Gate was talking to a lady. She's like, I can't wait to see, like, all my family and everything. And he's like, family? None of your family's here. Your son was gay, so you said he'd go to hell, blah, blah, blah. Like, everyone she knew but herself. She was like, oh, well, like, I guess we had to see you around. He's like, I don't know. I live in hell. I just commute. I work. I work here. I have a job. I have a job. So she's like by herself in heaven. You can get it. everyone. She was like that religious Karen kind of thing. Mm. It's like everyone she loved, quote unquote, is like partying in hell, basically. <laughs> They're not with her, for sure. She's like, oh. oh. She's chilling out. 
She's still, like, out of your line of sight, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Except for the part where she sat there and just stared really hard at me. <laughs> Stares into your soul. <laughs> you know, are there any cats with brown eyes? There's dogs with brown eyes. Any cats? I'm pretty sure. Now you really got me thinking. Because, like, you know, like, there's, like, mustard. Like, the mustardy, like, amber eyes. But I don't think that counts as brown. I think... I mean, that's a, it's well, a brown. Larry has brown eyes, I'm pretty sure. His eyes were dark. Really? Larry and, um... Not Jerry. I think Jerry's were dark, too. No, they had green eyes. Like, look her. They look like, they all look like each other. Larry, Jerry, and Screwball all look like that. Oh, they all have green eyes. Look at her. Screwball. Oh, she's busy. See? See your eyes? I did. I made eye contact, and that's when she hissed. Yeah. She's like, I'll look at you, but don't, like, directly stare at my pupil back. What you looking at? Stares into your soul. I have to sweep again anyways. Hey, don't use all the grass. Come on. I'm just making a little trail. I'll have to cut I'll have to cut some more. That's, I the, I that's the closest thing I have to a lawn. That one patch of grass out there. It would be itch. Yeah. Um I think there's one thing. I, I did have a five minute thing. Can we go walk? Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be Okami gonna be okay so here's my gripe I told you about the basic premise of Akami you play a wolf you go around you use brush techniques to fight demons and solve puzzles mm -hmm. that's it you collect the brush techniques there's 13 of them and then there's like like subgroups of them too depending because like one brush god is actually like three entities so you get like three different techniques but it's the same technique because it's from the same god. Anyways, she's creeping. Creeping. Um, that's about the closest she's gotten to me so far. That's about hissing immediately. That's good. She's getting there. Um, it is made by Capcom. It's a beautiful game. It's in Japanese ink art style. It's fucking fantastic, and I love it. It's a great game. I love the fact that I get to play as a fucking wolf. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just a dog. I don't talk. I don't, I don't have speech bubbles. I bark, I dig, I bite, I howl. And when I, and when, and my idle animation is I just sit and then I, and then, and then she curls up into a ball. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I love this game. Um, it's never going to be in a Battle Royale-esque game ever. And I don't know why. I don't know why. It has a spiritual, it has a fucking sequel game on the DS. And it was great. I mean, you know, it was kind of chitchy and retconny, but it was great still. I still liked it. <laughs> despite the fact of all that, just, despite all the shit I said about it. Um, and that bothers me. Cause like, you know, I was like, oh, well it'd be cool if, it'd be cool if I could play as her on Smash, right? 
but then I was like, no, that's that's no, it's Nintendo only, but it's not Nintendo only. Because Sonic is there. Because Pac-Man is there. Is Pikmin a Nintendo game? Or is that on PlayStation? That's a Nintendo game. Oh it is? Okay. Pikmin's Nintendo. Never mind about that. Pikmin. I mean Persona. Persona put into Smash. Persona is a Nintendo well oh man. Persona's it's not strictly it's on everything though. Persona I don't think Persona counts. As one of those, because it's everywhere. You can get it on PlayStation. It's not console specific. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think it was made by Nintendo in the first place, because it no, started it's made off by another studio or something. Yeah, because it started off the first Persona game started off on a on a PlayStation first. So there you go. But um, so I think it counts as like Sony property or something. I don't know where it falls under. All I know is that it's in the game. Minecraft is in the fucking game. Okay. Also, there are already Capcom characters in the fucking game. Ryu from Street Fighter, and I think also Ken Masters. Also, or... isn't Pac-Man considered Capcom? Is Pac-Man Capcom? I'm pretty sure. I'm like 90% sure he's in a Capcom, in the Capcom brand. You know what? I think you're right. Because all because they Cause made... Because the classic like, arcade games. Yeah. It's Bandai Namco and Capcom. Oh my god. Oh my god. You see what I'm saying? Why? Well, maybe they did only like the big, big games. That's not fair though, because it got an award. It got at least one award for best art, best art of the year, or something. But not every I'm... award-winning game is and in if Smash. I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, email me. Email the podcast. It's in the it's in the description. The email. It's in our Spotify it's information. In our... It's on our Spotify information. I'm pretty sure. If I'm wrong and spreading this information, I'm not gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm too. I'm too. <laughs> <laughs> the press wrong. We're not going to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Anything to get you to email us. But what I mean is that, like, it was well loved when it when it did come out. But Wait. was it huge, huge? It wasn't huge, huge. Not like, because Street Fighter and Pac-Man, everyone's touched those games. Regardless of your gaming level, everyone has either seen it, known it, or touched it. Yeah, everyone's so, we've been to an arcade. You've yeah. seen a Street Fighter and a Pac-Man machine. So, you know. What is it, baby? What you made it? Oh. Oh, baby. Mommy. I don't, don't, don't mess with that. You want garbage? Huh? Right. I don't know what she wants. Here, uh, do the thing with the stick. Um, so yeah, that was my five minutes. I'm just real bummed out about it, and nothing, nothing makes me happy. <laughs> Where is she? I don't know. I hear her somewhere around you. Oh, she's behind me. She's right behind me. She's gonna get me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's just me. Here, let me see. Uh, no, no, no. Give me that. Give me one of the feather ones. I think she wants you to kick me out. She's like, get that fucking stranger off the couch. 
lay on this couch like that? It's either this, it's mostly that one if I'm here. I mean, she has been laying there a little more often, but not enough for her to have a fucking fit about it. Connection fit. Oh my god. <laughs> Is that your body? That was my knees. Oh, I thought those were, I, honestly, I thought those were your hips. That's what gets me a lot, the, my fucking hips. How my hip will crack too, but you would have heard that one. That's a loud crack. <laughs> really? Thing is, I didn't even feel those. I heard them, didn't feel them. I can't even imagine. All right, I'm going to close her in because I'm sick of, li I'm, I can't even imagine how many times I've heard her hiss on this audio. Try to see if I can like snap any of my other joints. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah, she has her food back there. I'm not that worried. She got another knee crack, but oh, wait, hold on. I learned how to pop my hips recently, and it's helped me out a ton, because, like, sometimes I... So, like, you put your knee up, you open it out. You have to be standing for this. Okay. <laughs> and then you lean forward. Oh, my God. Hmm. And then, same thing on the other side. Did my I... hips! Did I tell you about when Anthony was trying to help me stretch? Oh, my fucking God. So he was, you know, trying to show me some stretches. And one of the ones that he'll do is pulling his knee, like, up to his chest and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he'll, like, you know, pull on his leg to, like, stretch it out. Mm -hmm. So he was like, oh, and you should do, like, this one. And he did it for me. And so my legs were, like, you know, by my head and everything. And he's like, Right. You're flexible. And I'm like, yeah, honey, this isn't going to work for me. This ain't stretching nothing. I was like, I do this every night. This doesn't do anything. <laughs> every night? Well, hmm. since he's been taking testosterone and stuff, it's been helping. This mm. exercise pack. When you're a firefighter, you get low testosterone because um, the lack of sleep or the not consistent sleep schedule fucks with your testosterone production. So actually, a lot of firefighters either go on hormones or supplements. Oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So he decided to go on some supplements just because if he goes on a prescription, he will forever have to be on it. He should give me some of his supplements for fun. For fun, just to see what would happen. He doesn't, he doesn't need that one prescribed. You can get those ones in the store. And it's like testosterone? Yeah, testosterone supplements. Oh. I'm not sure what those would what they would do to me because i know like honestly i'm scared and i probably won't ever give my like like i said that as a joke i really truly don't know if i'd ever do that because similar to the stories i've heard not it's not one of regret ever of mm. course but it's a lot of yeah i just started stinking and i got so hungry like and when so Storm was going through it yeah in his posts were always like I get, I'm incredibly angry. I'm so fucking horny. I'm sweaty all the time. He I was, was going through it. He was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I was going through another puberty, basically. I was like, uh, me personally, at my age, not that I'm like decrepit, you know, I don't know if I want to fucking do that again. Also, I don't know. I like it. I mean, it's fine. I'd like it less. I mean, I like it less than, like, what I imagine myself in my mind. 
but <laughs> that's how it always goes. Yeah. So nothing I can do about it. But I am working out. And you're still working. Yeah. My thing is, wait, how? What are you doing to work out? I just have like two weights, so I'll just. I don't do them regularly though. Most of my workout is sex or cleaning. Are you doing any like stamina training? Mm, right now it's more. Um, like Anthony said, I more just need to work on like strength because I don't have strength. It's all in my legs. Same. So he said, you just need to work on that. You got noodle arms. I'm like, I do. That's what he wants me to focus on first. I'm working on toning and kind of cutting some toes. And also, I want to work out so that I can eat whatever the fuck I want without anyone getting on my fucking ass about it. So I'm trying to instill the habit of working out so that I can fucking eat as much as I fucking want. That's why I'm working out. Fuck normal food portions. Fuck that shit. I hate that shit. I want to eat big. I want big eat. <laughs> so yeah, so I started doing this. There's this there's this K-pop girl group called Lis Seraphim or something. Mm-hmm. And they some in like an interview or something, they were asked, "Hey, what do you do? How, what's your workout routine?" And they said, "Oh, it's this 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 and this." And I see a bunch of reviews and they're like, "Yeah, this shit is, this shit's really hard. This shit's really hard, but it's fun." Like, it's really cool. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I tried it. And because I really want to work out my core, because most of my adipose is stored right here. And here. And on my ass. Nowhere else. It'd be cool if, like, it went to my tits. That way I'd have fucking huge honking tits. Anthony wishes every day that's where my fat went. Right? He's like, your fat never goes up. It only goes down. It only goes down. That's fucking aggravating. It's like huge honking tits are fucking. Are uh, you the. When it comes to your fat storage, are you a titty or ass storage? Do you have a front truck or a back trunk? I'm also counting thighs with the ass. Mm, no, yeah, of, of course. Like. People. Oh my god. I guess there are people where it goes to like their thighs and just not their ass. It's terrifying to think about. That's hard to shop for pants. Yeah. It's hard, period. Poor things. I have, um, I don't have any soda because I don't drink that shit. But I have lemonade if you want some. Okay. And apple juice. And apple juice. And strawberry apple kiwi. Juice. Yes. And strawberry kiwi Capri Sun. And Gatorade. Lime, lemon lime Gatorade. This is a citrus household. <laughs> it's just me here. It's citrus only. Do you know how much vitamin C I am pissing out on the daily? <laughs> so much! Just be careful with your teeth. Yeah, no, it's a joke. I'm choking. I saved my lemonade for special occasions. Like when I want to piss out vitamin C. Like when I want to piss out vitamin C. Like when I'm like, you know what? Instead of binging on food, I'm going to binge on liquids and finish this and give myself the goal of finishing this whole pitcher. Of lemonade. <laughs> I oh my god, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll talk about this. I have such a mindset of like gluttony in almost my day. It's like a like 
those if are we the... were the sins sorry i'm just gonna cut you off yeah no go ahead if we were the sins mm-hmm. i'd be lust and you'd be gluttony yeah yeah i just we both got issues but on really different spectrums oh my god yeah Uh, I use my mouth for evil. <laughs> I be chomping all the time. I am never, oh my God. It's so, I don't know how I feel about it. Like my relationship to food is so like beautiful, but also fucked up. Cause like, I love food. Like when I was younger, I was very picky. I barely ate anything my parents gave me. And I only ate very specific things. Um, and then as I got older, I was like, I, there's still things I still won't eat, like ground beef. Um, but like, that's it. Nowadays, I eat almost basically anything. Clams, pig stomach. I got weird looks for liking pig stomach. Is that weird? Is that fucked up? How was it that you said it? Was it like, what's some of your favorite things to eat? Pig stomach! No, I said mondongo, and they said, oh, what's that? And I said, oh, it's a soup that has, you know, meat and potatoes and meat. And they said, oh, what kind of meat? And I said, it's pig. <laughs> That's why it's weird. You didn't come right out the gate with that. You're like, oh, yeah, beef, potatoes, pig, stomach, blah, 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 blah. Like, try to hide it in the ingredients. You just went, oh, it's meat, pig. What kind of meat? Pig meat. What kind, kind of pig, of pig meat? meat? Organ meat. Stomach. Stomach. Yeah, because like, you know, when I was young, I would Were say- Were you telling it to white people? No. What? No! Isn't that the bitch? I wasn't! It was other ethnic people. Like, I'm, I'm the weird one. I got so aggravated. They're like, I don't think I've ever had that though. It's, it's. I like it because I like a specific texture. You know, like, do you like when chicken skin is like softer, like soft chicken skin? Do you like chewy like tendon? No, I very specifically hate chewy. That's why I can't swallow fat. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't like it. No, you wouldn't like it. Um, I love it because I love that texture of like the fattiness of it. I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. You like chewing. It's like the flesh. It's so, I, the vein, like the veins on chicken legs, the fat and gristle on steaks. When I eat chicken wings, I eat like the outside part and I can never go like to the meat inside. Why? Does it bother you? Yeah. The veins? The little vein parts or just like the when it's dark meat like that and it looks pinky and stuff. I'm like, I can't. Oh, I don't give a f- I really- uh, yeah. Everyone else around me is like, they'll clean that shit to the bone. I'm like, I can't ever clean the bone. You know what's so crazy? We live in like two different worlds. You live in a world- You live in my world where I, where they're all- Where like, you have these stories where everyone but you is like me. And then everyone but me is like you. And I'm, I'm the one that's like, like, fucking tearing up a fucking ribeye bone, like, eating the cartilage and all the tendons off of the bone itself. 
And people are looking at me, and they're like, it's like watching a fucking nature documentary. It's incredible. I'm eight, by the way, at this point. And meanwhile, you're well, you're you're like you're like, oh man, this is fucking rightly weird and kind of unclean. And the people around you're like, and you're like, am I different? No, <laughs> we both are. Fuck. God damn it. It's not fair. Ah! And that's why I love Anthony, because he finishes it for me. And that's why he loves me, because he always gets more food. He's like, I love going out to eat with you, because it's like, I get two meals for free. I was always like, I was always like the scraps person. I know, that's why you're my best friend. <laughs> I think I said that before once to, God, who did I say it to? Oh my I said God. it to a parent or something, I was like, yeah, that's why, like, all my friends, like, with Anthony, like, you know, they're, like, my recycling bins. They always finish off when I can't. And I think I said it to someone. They were, like, that's really, did they say, like, that's fucked up or something? They just kind of had a face. They are like, oh, that's, like, not really a nice way to talk about them. I'm, like, it's true, though. <laughs> I was, like, it's true. They know it. I tell them. Yeah. They're I, wares. I ate they go for it. I ate from the trash bowl, Lexi. I think about that all the time. <laughs> I ate from the trash bowl. Oh, there's one of your problems. If anyone labels it a trash bowl, you shouldn't be going in there. I didn't know it was a trash bowl until they, until after I have I was like knuckles deep in it. Like I was like, I was like ooh, free fish. <laughs> You're like, don't eat that. <coughs> They didn't tell me that. They didn't tell me that. I was like, I was like, hey, Chris, you have this extra fish here. Can I eat it? And he was like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. And I was like, and he's like, did you eat that? And I'm like, yeah. You said I could. He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. You said it was fun. I was like, that's the trash bowl. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? He goes, that's where all the scraps go. And I was like, but it's good, right? He's like, I mean, yeah. And I was like, eat, eat. Consume, consume free, free raw fish. What could be better? You got problems. I can't. Uh, fuck, I know. I know. I'm working on it. You know? I'm gonna wrap this up. You know what? I am gonna sneak in on that dinner date, if only so. <laughs> See, because you make a blood of myself while I eat. So I can cause a scene or something and try to save you a little bit. Oh my god. If I, if I go... If I see you get a spoon that looks like a little mountain, <laughs> I'm going to start tipping over the plate. Yeah. So that way, Brooke is like, what's that? And I misses. <laughs> Here, let me put that in the fridge. Um, did you want water at any point today? No, I'm good. I got, I'll drink water at home. Okay. Ooh, chill pan? Just like I have a little rabbit. Oh my goodness. Okay. Chill pan. So, are those one of my phones? Yeah! <laughs> Sorry, no, it's 
don't apologize. Because I saw their little ends. I'm like, they're so cute. And then I saw them. I'm like, they're even cuter. Because you saw that they were gel. Yeah. Sometimes they're a bit of a pain when it comes to, like, I don't know. They're, they, they get, they're, they're difficult sometimes. Here, try this one. These are the, this. Where are these ones from? I like them. Um, I think this first set, I got two different sets. Let me see. Um, this one, this one. Oh. I have them scattered all over this apartment. But for the most part, like, I got these, like, the past, the more pastel ones from a set on off of Timu because the, they have the store itself on Timu, like a little outlet. So I was like, okay, cool. It's straight from the store, so I'll just buy it. Um, but these ones, these are the retro ones. I got this off of Amazon. I think it was like 10, 12 bucks. Worth every penny, though, I'll tell you what. They're cute. They're pretty nice. Here, try this one. I love that it's in Japanese, so I can never find it. <laughs> is it Japanese? I think. It looks like it. It does. I think it is. Alright. You have that little noun town, which I will get the actual game when it comes out right now as a demo, but it's a language learning game. Um, is it a scary game? No. Oh. It's to teach you languages. <laughs> There's a there's a his, there's a there's an educational horror game that talks about like the history of feudal Japan and like the folklore within it. So this one, Sorry I should switch it to the Spanish, but I did Japanese just for fun. And it's like you're a little character, and then you come out, and basically like you can interact with characters or, um, like the first training part they showed me in the demo was like you're in your house and you have to unpack, and so as you unpack, you get items. And you can only pack so so many like a day or whatever. So like you unpack five items, it's like a toothpaste, a book, blah blah. So it gives you like what it is in English, and then it shows you the writing, pronunciation, it tests your pronunciation, and then um yeah, like that. And then there's like little mini games, so like there's one mini. Hmm? Sorry, I just noticed that the cloud is stagnant. Ooh. Gonna go poof. It's cool. It's cooler outside, so it cools off quicker in here. Um, and then there's like a mini game where like little characters will come up and they show you the icon of what they want, or they'll like say it. They'll be like, "Buku, fuck," and you have to like quick time like select the, the one that has the, the fucking book. It kind of pissed me off because some other things was like. Book cover. Book cover. Book was not book. <laughs> book was something else. And I was like, alright, book's been around a long time, but book cover has not been around that long. Because book had like its own, its own like word. Book book cover. Yeah. Yeah. And it refused. Of all the items, it would not accept book from me. It was like home or home. It would not accept that. Every time I tried pronouncing it, it was like, no. No. I can pronounce everything else just fine. It's like, yeah, you got it! Home? No. How is it? Like H-O-N? Yes. Home. Like home. Yeah. Like I, they... I tried so many fucking ways to pronounce it. The pronunciation, I had to listen to that bitch 20 times. And it was like, home, home. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? 
How the fuck else am I supposed to say it? Do you wonder if they pick up, like, the white noise from the room you're in, and then they're like... If that was the case, it shouldn't have understood any of the other words I was saying. And let me say fucking toothpaste, which was like... Toothpaste. And I was like... That one was long. It was like kondosu or something. Mm-hmm. And everything else was like one little word, and that one was like long. Because it's like... Because like, it's like toothpaste. teeth cleaner. It's like teeth cleaner or whatever. They have like a whole... Yeah, because they have like a whole, it's like a whole different meaning of the word. But for us, it's toothpaste. There's, there's a few things that's like that. But um, you guys should look into it. It's called Nowtown. It's cute. Do you know I'm what? ready for the actual game to come out because I would love a full demo version. Because the only way to play it is by learning the language. Yeah. But it, it's a game. It's so cute. You know what's funny? Uh, the, because I'm learning Japanese on Duolingo right now. And I'm learning, they make me learn fucking katakana. They're making me learn the second alphabet. And I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Well, that's why I was looking at that, because I was like, you know, Duolingo, I was doing fine in it. I was doing pretty good, but they, it, When was the last time you looked at it? You need to look at it again. Are they updated? It's so different from when it first came out. It's a different beast now. Okay. It's actually, like, making you learn. Okay, because I know, like... The way, like, I know the number one, I think it used to be Rosetta Stone, but there's Babel, which does more, like, conversational, like, the way you would actually be trying to use the language. I've tried, I, I, I don't know if it's that, like, I've tried it, and it was just, like, too early, like, too soon, like, the thing with Duolingo, or if, like, I just need to pay for, like, the full version, which I don't want to do, but I don't really like it. Duolingo's the one that I always keep coming back to, like, Lingo Deer didn't do it for me. Babel didn't do it for me, but Duolingo's doing it. I just go in once a day, do the thing, and it's like sticking. I'm sorry. What was I? I need to do it more though, because I was doing pretty well in the Spanish, and God, I should learn. It's like between that or Japanese, just for fun's sake. Do both. Okay, I must tell us. Do Japanese. Do it with me. I'm actually, I was doing Esperanto for a little bit too, but I think Japanese would be a little more useful, especially if one day I would like to visit Japan. That would be kind of useful to be able to somewhat understand some of the things. I'm actually planning a trip to Kyoto in 2025. One of Anthony's uh, best friends, one of the ones that helped him get into firefighting, like figured out that was a good career for him. Will, he was one of the best men, groomsmen. Um, he lived in Japan for actually a good number of time. Mm. He ended up having to move back though, because obviously Japan's very, very strict. Like the only way you can really live there if you were not a natural born Japanese citizen is basically like on a work visa. Otherwise, you can't ever really permanently stay unless you've got like family over there. Thank God. Start a family. They're like very Fix their strict f- in their citizenship. Like here? No, because we will allow people from other countries to come move here and permanently stay. Do we make it hard? Sure, but we let them. Japan's like, no. If you ain't somewhat Japanese, if you were not born here, if you do not have a work visa that is good what does that mean for people who are like adopted by japanese families 
Well, then I think they had an excuse because they were adopted and now they have the family there. Yeah. Like, you need to have basically a blood tie of some way, of some sort. Otherwise, you ain't ever going to be there long term. That's going to not retire to Japan without some sort of tie there. You cannot buy a business. You can't retire at all if you need a fucking work visa. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, they're strict like that. That's some of their, like, uh, nationality slash, not like xenophobia, but, like, it's a, a very it, us. Homogenous. Yeah. Super homogenous. Oh, my God. I mean, some people manage to, like, mix kids and stuff because they're mixed. They're mixed, yeah. But, but otherwise, like, if I mean, you don't got those circumstances, you ain't there you are, live there. There's a, there's a good population. I mean, I don't know if I can say it. I'm not going to say that. But um, on TikTok... I see, like, there's a good amount, like, they're, like, of, like, mixed people, like, mixed Japanese people, and they're always, like, yeah, or no, there's this one girl, she's, like, I'm full Japanese, but because of how I look, because of how I act, I have to say I'm half, because they just won't accept that I'm full with the way that I am, and I thought that shit was fucking insane. No, yeah. Like, she has, like... I mean, like, they have so many love hotels because quite literally the way their families are structured, like, to go get some alone time, you got to go to a specialized sex hotel to get it. That sucks. Their house is built of fucking walls of paper. That's crazy. Some of them are, depending, like, if you're in the country and stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about, because they sell, uh, like, everyone's got different ways, and some of Japan's ways are a little different than ours. Japan's ways are fucked up. Oh, my God. I just listened to this crime that happened in Japan. I was like, oh, yeah, this girl, she was getting, like, stalked and harassed by her ex-boyfriend who had ties to the Japanese mob. And, like, multiple times she went and complained to the police. And the police outright ignored her and altered police reports so that it became something that didn't need a follow-up on so that the police didn't have to intervene at all. And, like, it wasn't just her. It was, like, her friends, her family. Yeah, no, some of the way their laws are over there really do not help their citizens. Like, the way they make it sound, it should, but, no. The way it seems. I mean, they can't even have, like, defense weapons. Like, here we can have pepper spray and stuff in most states. They can't, yeah. They they can't. They can't even have a taser. That shit is so stupid. And the guys over there, the sexual persuasion over there, like, there's some fucked up dudes. I hate to. I want to go. I'm planning a trip to go, but I'm also like shy and scared and nervous. And I just told this job that I applied for that I'm willing to relocate. Uh, not for forever, but it'd be so cool to just hop around, you know? My travel. Mm. And then I make good money. I buy you tickets to come and visit me. Yay! I go, you wanna go, you wanna go to fucking Thailand, bitch? Let's go! Just be careful. You wanna go to fucking Japan, bitch? You wanna go to Kyoto? I do. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna hop on this hop on hop on this planning for a trip with me? Sure. I have to eventually get a passport. 
You don't have a passport? No. You went on a cruise. Oh, well, no. You can no, just use we didn't end up going on a cruise. I would have started working on it, but we changed the plans because of the COVID restrictions. One of our coworkers at the time did not want to do the cruise because you need a vaccine to get. Fuck, I forgot about that. So that's why the whole cruise thing never happened, and thus my passport needs delayed. Get a passport within the next two years. Okay. I'm 23. We're going on this fucking trip when I'm 25. I'll be 23. Yeah, though it'll be even more fun for all of us because we'll be all we'll be older and wiser and. I wouldn't say that much wiser. No, 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 no. Older and wiser. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn it! If I don't become if I don't become wiser in the next two years, I'm gonna be so angry. I mean, you will, in different ways, just like how I have. Like how Bryce was upset about me when I was like, oh yeah, insurance. And he was like, that. That makes me upset that you know about that and I don't. I'm like, I also had a little bit of a head start working with a job that touched insurances. Oh my goodness. But I'd be more than happy to give a breakthrough. If you need to know what's a good insurance for you. I feel like I should get up from this chair. Because it keeps squeaking. Squeaking. Ugh. All right. I will move. Because I'm gonna. I'm shifting into maximum overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shifting into house mode. Oh, fuck. Okay. I'm working on a D&D campaign right now. You? Are you going to sit here? Yes. Okay. Uh... Working on a dandy campaign is hard, and then I made a ten-time harder for myself because I'm homebrewing like almost all of it. But it's not, because they're having fun, and I killed one of them. Yay! One of them's like almost already dead. I gave them the mercy of like experiencing an afterlife and coming back from the dead. Um, but we'll see how they fare afterwards. Should we start talking about the book? Before we start talking about the book, I would like it to be put on the record that I am giving Lexi one of the best dystopian novels I have ever read in my life. My life. And I mean that. I, when I tell you to my soul, I mean that. This book series matters so much to me. I take good care of it. I know. But that's the disclaimer. <laughs> if anything happens to that book, I'm going to use the stickies and I'm going to vibe check as I read through it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I'll probably that. You so, can use sticky notes, too, if you need to, like, add extra notes as you read. Yeah. So we agreed beforehand of starting today's pod that... If we read page by page as we did last time, well, that was fun. Play by play. It will take fucking forever. It will take a long time. Because this shit covers a lot. This shit talks about a lot of shit. And we're not even like. We're not even halfway through. Not even a quarter. We're almost getting to a quarter. Yeah, we're getting close. The point is that we're getting close. The problem is actually. Hold on. That's not true, actually, because there's all this shit in the back. Um, so if we take this out and just stick with the actual, what we have, this is a, this is the appendices I'm going through right now. 
Is this the appendix still? Nope, it's not. Sorry. I'll get to this book, I promise. I promise. But we were thinking maybe we'll do like summary slash recaps. Kind of block it off into blocks. Yeah. So we can talk about it, but maybe not particularly read through the whole entire thing. Just so we can like kind of get through a little faster. Yeah. So we can also move on to our other books in the future, but we will never get there. There are 528 pages of the Navidson record, excluding the exhibits and appendices and glossary and index. We are on page, sorry, what's that? Oh. We're on page 97. Yeah. From where we had last, where we both have last read to. We have not actually discussed up to 97 yet. We discussed up to page 24, y'all. Yeah. Holy We're fuck. Quite a way. Yeah. So, I think we should, like, summarize what's going on with Navy and the family and the house. What's going on with the analysis of the documentary of the records. What's going on with fucking with Haas. Yeah. And then maybe a little touch of the footnotes, if, like, any are real or not, or if there's any, like... Well, the footnotes is Haas, anyways. Usually, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so what I think way. that's the best way we can, like, kind of summarize. Now, we probably should have done that beforehand. Well, there's nothing we can do about it now because we're all growing and learning and become olding and becoming older and wiser, like I said. You know, this is, this, this happens. Also, let me kind of just, I'm going to go through a little bit to see what happens in this chapter. Also, this is part of our flavor. You know, if we don't do this, we lose our... What is this? Something poking you? What is that? <laughs> I, I felt something poking out from under this blanket, and I pulled it out, and it's a fucking bread twist. I can only wonder whose it is. Wherever she is. Oh, I locked her up. That's right. Ah. Okay, so in this chapter... Okay. I'm looking back here to see what happens in this part. So this is when the house really starts kind of like... Shit starts ramping up at this point. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so... We're kind of breezing through. I did not look at Haas's part, but I have some of what happens with Navy. So I can explain that block. Um, if you want to explain... Haas's part. Okay. I just kind of skimmed through to remember again. Wanna pause the recording real quick? Yeah, we can. Okay. And yeah, I think the rest we can just wait. What fucking chapter number is this one? It's Ivy. <laughs> uh, it's four. Okay, I thought so, but. So, chapter four, quite far out of the way. So this is when shit starts to get a little more crazy. For instance, the Navisons go out um, in June of 1990, and they go to a wedding. And when they come back, the house has changed. Um, there's a whole analysis part where it's like, yeah, they've been gone away for four days, and the change was enormous, but it wasn't obvious 
not like a fire or robbery and blah 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 blah. It's like a it was like a really good robbery. Like you don't even notice something was missing. Well, in this case, there wasn't something missing. There was something new. Mm-hmm. Which, in this case, was a brand new white door with a glass knob that showed up in the wall of their bedroom. And they're like, did we miss this? <laughs> they're gaslight. The way that they instantly start gaslighting themselves is what is fucking insane. I mean, I guess I'd also probably do the same thing if like, I was gone for less than a week. And when I came back, my house had a new door in a bedroom that I sleep in, I would also be like, have I just been blind? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And when they open it, this is when the house starts getting a little spooky spooky because it's a almost nearly black hallway. Well, the walls are like super, super, super dark gray. They do specify this, that it is almost pure black, almost. There's a slightly gray quality to the surface. At the time that they discover this hallway, it could not be more than five feet wide and at most four feet long. On the opposite end, a second door identical to the first opens up to the children's bedroom. And I believe this is where one of my notes I wrote where it was like, please get your damn kids. Because they allow their kids to still go into their bedroom using this fucking hallway. And I disagree. I know I don't want kids, but if I had a new hallway appear in my house, that linked from my bedroom to theirs, they are not going to be using it to get to their bedroom. I want to break something up. Yeah. Um, this is an old house, right? Yeah. So, and we have to wonder, because it's had so many owners throughout its time, how many times has it done this exact trick with the people with family? Like, how many times did they make this first hallway that connects the parents' room to the children's room? And, of course, the children are going to use it because it's a straight shot to mommy and daddy, right? How many times do you think that, like... I don't know. That also implies, does it always start small with the doorway? Or does... Did it do different things to different people? Well, it's the doorway first, and then Davidson notices the other stuff. So, I think it's safe to assume that it's the hallway. That's this hallway. That it's it always the, starts at least with probably a hallway. It's this first door that opens up. And they're like, hey... Think. Your house is magic. Your house is special. You're special because you have a special house. Look at this pitch black hallway. Isn't that it? goes right to your kid's bedroom. Well, that wasn't here before. Isn't it so convenient? I'm convenient. Don't think further about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. And, uh, yeah, so because this doorway shows up, obviously Navy does what he does and he starts trying to figure out where the fuck that came from. You know what's crazy? He goes, since the discovery occurred in the evening, the Davidson's inquiry must wait until morning. Bitch, I'd stay up. <laughs> They're like, the it's 11 o'clock going? at night. I'm tired. I just got from the airport. I'm going to bed. I'm going I mean, to bed with a I suspicious door. I guess that's kind of relatable. No, they yeah. almost gaslit themselves into thinking maybe it was there and it's just a hallway. I would have been a passenger to just go to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that. If it's a hallway, I mean, what? the hallway's not going to stab you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably what they're thinking. They're like, we can figure this out in the morning. Maybe I won't even be there in the morning. <laughs> Let's go to bed. <laughs> they woke up, it's still there. Yep. 
Not oh. only is it still there, it also sometimes changes up. Oh, we got the names for the pets now. Hillary is the husky and Mallory is the tabby cat. Yes. Unperturbed by the new closet. At all. What the fuck do they care? Well, you know, like how in scary movies it's like, oh yeah, the dog didn't like going into the house. The dog ran away. Well, they away. react later. Oh yeah, that's true. But at the time, because I think it's like the first instance and it's a small instance, because they describe it being kind of like a small hallway. I mean, it's five feet long, I believe they said. Five feet long? That's me. It's me long. Yeah. Let me see. Five feet wide, four feet long. So it's very Sorry. short. Yeah, it's so like, it's a, like it's, a little walk through closet. It's, yeah. But it has... It's a small amount of evil to feel. No sockets, no shutters, no nothing. It's just a fucking hallway. Just smooth hallway. Just the hallway. Bing, 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 bing. And so, I think they also, I think, reported to the police or something, because they're like, did someone come in here, build a hallway, put doors on the end of it, and leave? <laughs> Their final thought is that someone came in and uncovered it, just installed two doors, but why? And for that matter, to quote, to quote, Rickle, where? Real, I think it's Rilke. Rilke. And that goes to a fucking footnote where Haas something. Uh, neatly translated as who, which I happen to find in his poem, Orpheus, Eurydice, Eurydice or Hermes. The book's called Selected Poetry of Rainer Maria Rilke, edited and translated by Stephen Mitchell, 1989. See page 53, Vintage International. And so, an actual coherent fucking footnote from Haas. For once! For once. When the editor's not stepping in, like, alright. The editors don't! They very rarely actually show up. They're only like. They mention they're there, and they let Haas do everything else. They show themselves right when we forget that they're there. They're like, Wait, this is what that quote meant? Because Haas fucking went on a tangent and didn't do it? Yeah, I don't know why he even put this in here. I wish I would get personal notes from the editors. Like, just one quick asterisk. They're really sticking with the analytical part. Yeah, it's true. Um, but so, yeah, so they have the hallway. They just kind of vibe with it. I mean, they're a little upset, and they also start looking into, like, house plans and stuff to try to figure out if it was just always there and mysteriously got uncovered. Mm. Um, this is also where we get the real estate oh. agent. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Get. Who mentions, um, like, she's just confused as fuck when Karen's, like, upset about it. She's like, I don't know. Call the police, I guess. But that's not fucking supposed to be there. Which, amusingly enough, they do. Two officers show up, examine the closet, and try to hide the fact that this has to be the weirdest call they have ever made. Chef Axnard says, we'll file a report, but other than that, well, I don't know what more we can do. Better guess they've been a victim of a crazy carpenter than some robber. So, uh, the cops say, isn't that weird and fucked up that you went on a four-day trip and a perfectly, like, crafted hallway showed up? Yeah, isn't that fucked up and weird? They're like, change your locks, I guess. Pete, see? It's better that someone put something here, I guess, than took out. Yeah. But also, like, that is so hilarious. Like, it's fucked up, but so funny that the cops are, not always, but consistently, like, I don't want to do that. I, 
don't know what I'd do either. If I was a police officer, I don't fucking know the first thing I'd start to do. If someone brought me that, I'd be like, uh, change your minds. The most belligerent thing they could do is like, this is a false police report. I'm going to give you a $500 fine for wasting the police department's time. But like, no, I mean. I mean, at least they filed a report. They're like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> what, what do you think the report's, the report's like? Uh, Family um, left for a wedding. During the four days they were gone, hallway appeared. Perfectly built. Perfectly. Nothing was taken. Perfect crown molding, beautiful glass doorknob. One cop had to have been like, oh, so you can sell that doorknob. I almost went into architecture. That's amazing. That is a beautiful The cop's like, oh my god. This crown This molding. is absolutely perfection. This is a Who chose this shade for the black? It's Who? gorgeous. Who built this? And, like, and, like, and Navy's like, I don't know! That's why you're here! Oh, the, my family! Um, but so Navy tries measuring it, and it starts kind of extending a few fractions of an inch. Yeah. Which drives him fucking bonkers. Yeah. And so this is when we get introduced to Tom, his fraternal twin brother. I, what do you, what do you think of Tom? Do you like him? I like him. He's just like... He's very chill. I love him. Compared to, like, if Navy's, like, a go-getter or whatever, Tom decided, like, you know what? I'm going to smoke a little weed. I'm going to just do my job. I'm going to chill. Yeah. I love that. Kids like him. Yeah. He's a good uncle. Yeah. Even though he's never met them before, and they haven't spoken in 10 years. I'm sorry. It did say how long it's been since they spoke, and it was a fucking incredibly long-ass time. Yeah, they had some, like, weird thing, but sadly enough, the house is what brings them together, and then, tear, at least like, from what we get foreshadowing-wise, they so, do not survive that event. So violently, they're torn apart. I love to see... Like, honestly, I hope the best the best thing that can happen in this situation for maybe to end up all alone is that uh, Karen takes the kids and fucks off with Tom. That's the best. That's the best thing I that can happen. What happens. From what I've read so far, it seems everyone went into the house and no one came out, supposedly. Navy might have been able to get out somewhat, but it doesn't look like he stayed out. You know what sucks? He had a, he got a, I, I imagine he got a good amount of money for cameras for everyone. He didn't give anything to the kids. Like, he could have given the eight-year-old something. An eight-year-old knows how to, how to work basic equipment. Yeah, he really doesn't involve the kids. I feel like we're... I feel Not like, unless something happens later where one of them managed to get a hold of a camera and we see something from their perspective, which is going to be some skittermarink vibes. Oh, my God. Mostly Daisy. Chad oh. would be a little older, so he'd, like, you know, be able to kind of hold the camera and, like, like a, show us what the fuck's happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, well, this is also the 90s, so I doubt a little five-year-old knows how to work shit about a camera. Like, nowadays, you give give them a fucking five-year-old a camera, they'll be like, you know, like, doing some real camera movie stuff, but in the 90s, yeah, I there were no Snapchat filters there were no for Snapchat. kids to put on and actually, like, move around with it and understand how that moved. Yeah, they don't know how a camcorder works. They probably don't. Because daddy was like, oh, you know, this is really expensive equipment, champ, so don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. 
Just, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, his brother flies out, and they begin kind of bonding, because Tom realizes, at first he's like, maybe this is a fucking weird way to, like, want to reunite, just so you know. And Navy's like, bro, in over eight years, it's been eight. Could you imagine if you spent eight years not talking to your sibling? Like, you just stopped talking to your little sister, and, like, eight years, I'm like, hey, my house is growing one-fourth of an inch. She's like, I'm 13. What do you want from me right now? I need reassurance. Oh, wait, no, she's six. Six? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm asking you. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I also forgot the fact that you guys aged for a long time. You thought I was 17 forever? I think. I don't know. For some reason, like, there was a way when we were aging, I had to mentally count back. I was like, all right, how many more years older am I than Ox? Two. Okay. I'm 25. 24. 23. <laughs> Ox must be 23, depending on the month. <laughs> Do you remember which month? February. Okay. Good. That's the important part. As long as you remember at least the month, that's all I care about. I promise you there will come a year where I am just so knee-deep in doing work and making money that I'm going to forget my birthday. And if no one reminds me and I figure out my birthday I've passed days later, I am going I'm going to have like a month-long rat week. None of y'all bitches will be hearing from me. <laughs> I will not. I will not bring it up. I will not. But we also don't really like, well, when your birthday comes up, we don't really like do a whole lot. And we get you something, but you kind of just go out to eat with your family. Yeah, but I also don't hang out with my family that much anymore. And so you're saying we're going to have some birthday parties for you, perhaps? Dating. Well, I mean, you have access to my apartment, so <laughs> if I'm like, hey, I'm going out for something, or you say, hey, I need you to, I need to steal you away, you can, you can set something up here and lock away the cats. Uh... I mean, if I had a key to your house, I know I would. I'd sneak in at 1 a.m. So set everything up, make breakfast. The alarm will go off. Good morning! And I'd be like, who the fuck and I'll see in my camera history you sneaking in, unlocking the door and going <laughs> in. And I'll be like, this bitch forgot I have fucking cameras everywhere. <laughs> what is that? Party city bags? You all you hear is like all you hear is like cutting and like like kitchen noises. They come in and I'm like, good morning! I'm like cooking eggs. You're like, I never told you the security alarm code. How did you figure it out? I'll figure it out. I'll guess. I'll have I'll 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 narrow it down. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out the order. I'll yeah. let you press numbers. There's only it's it's like what, a four digit code? Yeah. Yeah, there's like what, twenty-five Hundred thousand fucking varying combinations. I'll figure it out within the minute before the alarm calls the police on me. <laughs> All he hear is one long, one long, huge beep, and that's me pressing every button in combination within a fraction of. You know what? I will let the police officer come here. Do you know this person? No. I have no fucking idea who that 
I have no fucking idea who that person is. I'm seeing that they had a copy of the key from your camera history. They must have stolen it. Have you even stopped? Have you kept spares anywhere? This no, I never have spares outside. Okay, how did they? This is my. One? This is my stalker officer. They have been harassing me since high school. Do you want to file a report? No. No. <laughs> Cut them loose. <laughs> okay, just scare them. Yeah. You put them in the back of your car and like drive around the block. Yeah. Actually, you can actually drop them back off here. That's fine. Here's fifty dollars. Drive, go that way for as long as you can, and drop them off at the dead end. Once you see the last street light wink out, drop them off. Yeah, so be like, okay. They'll do it. They would. What else they got to do? Yeah. They're waiting on a call. Might as well. Here's fifty bucks. That's gas money. That's gas. Think the police. Course pays for their cars. Huh? I hope it does. Could you imagine if they didn't? If they have to pay for their own gas. That explains why they're all bitches. I'd be pretty upset too if I had to fucking pay for my own gas so, in a car that I use for work. So pissed you'd, you'd commit hate crimes and join cop gangs? Uh, Tom. Tom. So Tom comes over, they're bonding over the fact that they cannot, for the life of them, get rid of this fucking inch that, like, shows up. So it starts with a quarter inch, and then after Tom shows up, it it, it, it goes to, it, first it's, It grows, like, again. Yeah, it grows again, but very minutely. They said, I had to do math for this, it, it said it went from a quarter inch to a, to five sixteenths of an inch more, which is a sixteenth more than a quarter inch. And um, that was a lot of stupid math that he did for no reason. That being said, uh... Meanwhile, Karen is ignoring all this. She's trying very hard to ignore the fact that a hallway appeared. So she's like, I don't think she gets in a feng shui just yet here, but she does decide to build a bookshelf. Yes! And oh. so she puts some books, and this bookshelf specifically is set against the wall. Like, it's an open-end bookshelf? Yeah, there's a niche. It's like, I imagine it's like that, but there's a niche in the wall of the house itself that is the perfect size for this bookshelf that her and her friend are building. And I think the, it, it does have feng shui books at this point, but she's not gung-ho about it as she is once Exploration 4 happens. Yeah. Um, um, so she makes her bookshelf, she sets it against the wall. They and Navy and Tom are getting more creative about how the fuck they're going to try to measure this. The analysis kind of goes into their relationship and, like, how they are as people. And kind of explores a bit of their relationship, like, why the fuck did it take them that many years to get together? And it's kind of sad that they get together for what's going to happen in this film, in this movie. They've been together for a long time. They have kids together. No, 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 not Karen and Navy. Navy and Tom. Oh. Like, you're talking about, like... That it's sad that by the time they're reuniting, what happens in this movie, quote unquote, happens. Because no one knows it's fucking real life yet. So and no one seems to understand that it's real life happening. No one, no one thinks it is. No one thinks it is. None of them do. So I think there's a part that does happen in here. Oh yeah, so they kind of, while they're figuring out this hallway and the weird measurements of the house, because I think they start measuring a different wall, not just the hallway. 
they're they're trying to figure out that the dimensions from the inside and outside are not matching and so that's what tom and navy are really trying to dig into yeah because it it's it, it rejects all laws of physics yeah. the fact that there is it's bigger on the inside doctor who style doctor who is out at this point you don't think that joke ever came up once not to be not to be like crass but it might show up in here we don't know yeah. um while they're figuring that out there's a bunch of analysis talking about uh, Mr. Redson, has he shown up yet? I think. He oh did. no! This is Enter Redson. This okay. point right, Redson right here. So Redson is in a wheelchair. He is uh, a paraplegic who has spent almost half his life in an aluminum wheelchair. Davidson was barely twenty-seven when he first met Redson. Actually, it was a photograph that brought them together. What photograph, you ask? Uh, Redson almost getting fucking electrocuted. No, it was him getting the accident that got him into the wheelchair. Hold on, hold on. I kind of, I kind of skimmed past that part a little bit. Hold on, let's rewind back. The wood had, okay, the cable had been cut when an inexperienced crane operator had swung wide of a freight car and accidentally collided with an electrical pole. Quote. I'm sorry, I should have said quote before. Um, the wood had instantly splintered, tearing in half one of the power cords, which descended towards the helpless Billy Reston, spitting sparks and lashing the air like nag. Or Nagina. What the fuck is Nagina? Oh, two cobras in the Jungle Book. There's cobras in the Jungle Book? Yeah. What is the... I don't think the Jungle Book movie covers everything that happens in the Jungle Book. There's a cobra in the movie. No, that's a boa constrictor. That's not a cobra. Oh. I think Jungle Book is like more than one story. No, it's it's like a really old story. I think is Ricky Tiki's version is very. I think yeah, I think that yeah, that's it. It's very different. Yeah, because like you know the the mon- the Ricky Tiki Tabby is in the Jungle Book. I had no idea about that. I thought he was just some guy. Oh, it's in the footnote at the bottom that talks about it. The Ricky Tiki Tabby bit. What page are you on? Um, I'm on like thirty eight because that's where I see Retson being talked about, and I don't. I'm oh, thirty seven. Okay. 37 is where they start talk is how they met each is talks about how they met each other. Okay. And Bretson is also like a he teaches at a university. I don't remember what the fuck he teaches. He's though. an engineer. That's he's a he's a physicist. Because he has all the tools and everything that he gives them. He's like, oh clearly it's your tools. Your so tools like, suck. So he gives them his tools and stuff, and he's like, here, this is some high-powered shit. Go back and try again. So Tom and Navy start like basically getting Bretson in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, to help them out. So then that still doesn't work. I think Redson does eventually go to the house and he too is like, what the fuck? While this is happening, uh, Daisy and Chad are kind of being ignored. At the point that like Karen and Navy aren't noticing the fact that their kids are like not really making new friends or anything. They kind of just hang out together. That's so um, sad. And then there's a point where the kids end up in the hallway. Or is that the next chapter? Hold on. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Did I skip ahead? There's the brother. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Nope. That might be the next chapter, actually. Okay. So while they're going... So while they're going through all this stuff with with Navy and Reston and Tom, I'll go back to the house where... Um, it shows the, the like, 
Karen's building the thing. Karen's building the bookshelf. She has the bookshelf made. She has the bookshelf made. She's getting it set up in the niche. The kids are playing. Tom and Tom and Navy are measuring. And on page 39, um, they say, like, Tom lets out a whoop that says, that lets them know that... Oh, they figure it out. They got, they got rid of the fraction. They got rid of the fraction, right? So he goes to grab a book to prop something, um, to, to prop the door of one of the closet doors. And when he removes the book, all the other ones topple over because the wall's not there holding the books anymore. And Tom doesn't think anything about it. He's like, oh, sorry. And Karen fucking screams because the wall has extended past where her fucking bookshelf was. Rather than a fraction, it extends out a foot. They watch, like, I don't know if they watch it open or, like, they turn, they grab it, turn around, turn back around, and it's just open. I think, no, I think what happens is that it could be either two things. It could be that we're like, in the time frame of Tom grabbing the book and putting it down that the wall moves and just no one happened to see it until Karen realizes her book's toppled over and sees the fact that the wall's not fucking there anymore mm-hmm. next to the bookshelf. Or they've been so focused on trying to get rid of that fraction, they never even noticed that the wall had moved until Tom perfectly displaced one of the books to get all of them to finally topple. And that's when they realize there's no wall there anymore. Like it moved sometime, they just don't ever know when because they're so focused on getting rid of that fraction. Oh my God. That's what I think it was. Cause you know, that you can be... get rid of a wall or something and your books can stay, but if you get rid of a certain one, some of your other ones topple. Yeah. And there's no wall now to catch them. Oh my God. That's so fucking scary to think about. Like, it just it just happened like like I can imagine that there's gonna be I'm, I'm calling it this is a prophecy prophecy there's gonna be a time when Karen goes into the bathroom or into the pantry or needs to get something and she's gonna find herself she's gonna she's gonna go into a room she's gonna cook into the bathroom she's gonna close the door she's gonna reach for something grab out get it turn around and there's gonna be a wall. Turn again, another wall, again, another wall. She's gonna find herself in a fucking four by four block. Which is great, because chapter five is where <coughs> her claustrophobia comes in. Oh my god. All right, so chapter five is the part that I oh, almost wait. started going into. The hospice. Oh yeah, go ahead, tell us about Haas in chapter four. So, Haas in chapter four um, decides to jump in. This chapter could have been fucking four pages. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> this chapter could have been four fucking pages. That's what blows my mind. And what kills me on top of that is the fact that they have the fucking footnote line at the top of the page so that you know it's all footnote. It's all hoss, baby. Oh, my God. Anyways, so... He starts off talking about the massive German uh, in excerpt that Zimpano puts in and puts in the translation and talks about how it was a bitch to find. And then he goes in talking about how um, he's he can't sleep, working on this shit, everything has been fine. His sleep has started getting, like, getting worse. This is where he really starts losing sleep. Yes. His sleep is starting to get worse. And he mentions how after 
like before copying this excerpt, he was fine. After copying the expert, the excerpt, he's not fine. Nothing is fine. Do you want to read the English part of the excerpt? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Um, In anxiety, one feels uncanny. Here, the peculiar indefiniteness of that which Dason finds itself alongside in anxiety comes proximally to the expression, the nothing, the quote, nothing in nowhere, unquote. But here, quote, uncanniness also means, quote, not being at home. Das nicht Zachos sein. Sorry, so many times. In our first indication of the phenomenal character of Dyson's basic state, and in our clarification of the existential meaning of being in, as distinguished from the categorical signification of insideness, being in was defined as residing alongside, being familiar with. This character of being in was then brought to view more concretely through the everyday publicness of the they, which is me, which brings tranquilized self-assurance, being at home, with all its obviousness into the average everydayness of Dyson. On the other hand, as Dyson falls, anxiety brings it back from its absorption in the world. Everyday familiarity collapses. Dyson has been individualized, but individualized as being in the world. Being in enters into the existential mode of the not at home. Nothing else is meant by our talk of, about uncanniness. Um, and to which Haas writes, which only goes to prove the existence of crack back in the early 20th century. Because what the fuck is this, does this even mean, right? He's like, he's like, what the fuck does this mean? This doesn't make any sense. And then he goes on to talk about how he feels uncanny all the time after writing about this excerpt about being uncanny. It's like uncanny and then uncanny and then uncanny. It's like when you read something and you feel like you don't get it, but you did, but you can't say how you get it and you still don't. The thing is that he got it, but he got it at like lizard brain level. So now everything in his life feels wrong, but it's also because of like, you know, this fucking bullshit that he has to go through. Um, he goes on in the footnote to talk about how he works, he talks about working in a tattoo shop, um, on Sunset. I'm assuming that's Sunset Boulevard, which is in LA. LA? California. That's, that's, that's more accurate. Um, and talks about how, because of how he was feeling, he needed to go out and get some air. So he leaves the tattoo shop, he goes into this hallway, gets some water. Huge mistake. Um, here's what he says. He starts to feel something right behind, not right behind him, but something after him. Doesn't he, like, feel a breath on his neck or something? Yes. Um, the slight decrease in illumination, okay, could still, but then my nostrils, okay, you know what, I'll just read this. I get a glass of water, I walk out into the hallway, that's a mistake. I should have stayed near people, the comfort and company and all that, instead I'm alone. He, does, he goes through a mental checklist of, like, what could be bothering him. Am I high? Am I down? Am I crashing? What was the last time I did coke? Blah, blah, blah. Right? <clears throat> also, he says he hasn't been on something called a GAC for several months. I have no idea what that drug could be. I don't I have no idea what GAC is. Uh, the only thing I know GAC to be is Nickelodeon GAC, which is what they <laughs> called it. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!
say, besides Nickelodeon, <laughs> that perhaps that is, I don't know, because he does say crack. No, he, yeah, he says crack. You know, he says so then there's gack and crack. I mean, maybe it's like crank, but crank is like meth. So maybe gack is meth. He does meth? Maybe. I don't, I mean, I don't, what I don't know if meth was something you could kind of do leisurely like that. I, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, making it is not a leisurely task at all. <coughs> I still have like a little bit of flynn back there, so it always tries to, you know, I'm still spitting stuff up. It's so fucking aggravating. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. So as he's um trying to like figure out what it could be that's bothering him. He says that everything gets darker. Not pitch black, not a cloud passing over the sun, not the lights going out. You know, it's just, it's just this overwhelming sense of dread that he feels. And he says he wishes it were just that, you know, just this impending sense of doom. But then my nostrils flare with the scent of something bitter and foul, something inhuman, reeking with so much rot in years telling me in the language of nausea that I'm not alone. Something's behind me. And, right? And here's how he describes it, which I love. Um, focus on these words, and whatever you do, don't let your eyes wander past the perimeter of this page. Now imagine just beyond your peripheral vision, maybe behind you, maybe to the side, but right where you can't see it, something is quietly closing in on you. Checking for a screwball. Um, well, then you just did what he said not to do. So quiet, in fact, you can only hear it as silence. Find those pockets without sound. That's where it is. But don't look. So, um, and then, obviously, he looks. And he sees a horrible fucking monster creature with huge claws lunging at him, eyes dilated, ready to go. And he books it. Does he book it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't know if it was that or if he like just blinks and everything's fine again. Let me see here. Around recognition, blah blah blah. When I do turn. Oh, he only saw it out of the corner of his eye. And then when he finally decides to like turn around, there's nothing there. It's been, I don't want to say it's been forever since I cracked this book open, but it's been forever since I cracked this book open <laughs> and like, you know, looked at this and refreshed myself. Um, but yeah, so he's like, he's like, shit. It's like every horror movie, you know, we're like, oh my God, don't do that. That scared me. Sorry, sorry. I'm looking because like, it's getting kind of cloudy. <laughs> so I'm just like making sure it's not going to rain because I have a package outside. You looked up. You <laughs> looked Jump to my ass when you. I was like, because there's something about the character. What is it? <laughs> Did I have an expression on my face or something too? No, it, but like it was just like that. This is the what eye movement. Yeah, it was just I literally would go, and I was like, what? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. 
the clouds. I'm sorry. Holy fuck. You're sitting right where the window is. Scared the shit out of me. Oh my goodness. Alright, let's see here. So he goes back into the shop. Everything's, you know, the way it was, except he's different now. Again, bringing up that 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 motif of uncanny, you know? Everything is the same, but something's different now. Something's wrong. Right? Which, again, he's, he's, like, he's like, I don't know what the fuck those guys are talking about, blah, 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 blah. Yes, you do. You're just stupid, and you can't recognize it. You can't see the signs. This is because public education failed you. You don't know how to fucking think critically. You don't know how to fucking think critically. You don't know how to connect any dots. You're not connecting shit. Oh my god. Uh, um, but yeah, so that's how the first uh, footnote ends. Um, he comes back again talking about the shit he absolutely could have cut out of this bit. Uh, but he's like, but I don't want to. This is this is about the flavor. It's gonna lose its sparkle if I cut if I edit the ravings of an old man. It's gonna he the old man's gonna lose his sparkle and it's gonna read like an actual fucking book. It's not gonna be like you're listening from him. It's gonna be like analytical. This here's what here's what he says. Zimpano probably would have insisted on corrections and edits. He was his own harshest critic. But I've come to believe errors, especially written errors, are often the only markers left by a solitary life. To sacrifice them is to lose the angles of personality. Sparkle. The riddle of a soul. In this case, a very old soul, a very old riddle. I think that's just him saying he doesn't want to read this whole fucking thing again. He, he is just like, I don't want to do any more work than I have to. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. Fuck you then. Fuck, fuck you and your old ass, fuck you and your old ass riddle. And then chapter five? Or is there still one more hoss? Uh, there's one more, there's one more hoss. This is the, the biggest one. Yeah, this is the big, oh, I'm sorry. There's a little bit more. Um, it's about a footnote. It's in response to a foot to another footnote. Um, but this other, this first one, is about Latin, right? He wants. To, he's like. He's like. I'm trying to find this big. I'm trying to find a girl who can read me some Latin. He finds one, but um, he finds it through some girl named Amber. Amber Reitaker. Right Acre. Not that word. Very cool. Um, oh, yeah. Um, as she's reading it, like, as she's, like, translating this bit for him, I have to... Um, could you open the door for a little? She's trying to get out. Like, clawing the back. Um, Keep going. Yep. As she... He, he calls her up and is like, hey, can you read this for me? She reads it, and she says, oh, um, this translation is probably in respect to the destruction of Carthage, which is from a which is from War and Peace by Leo by Leo Tolstoy. I actually have a book from Leo Tolstoy, um, but it's Anna Karenina because I don't want to fucking read War and Peace. Have you seen the size of that shit? It's huge. Nope. It's, it's enormous. I don't want to do it. Um, he never Haas never read it, 
But Amber read it to Zampano, um, which is important. And so he talks about how he, like, hangs out, he meets up for lunch, or they meet up for drinks, and how she talks about that he, that Zampano considered all of the people who read to him his children because he had none of his own, but he, you know, had a bunch of girlfriends that we know, that what we know. Um, yeah, bunch of ladies come read to him bunch of ladies they haven't she they haven't said that um no one said i think no no they did say that he's only ever had female writers readers readers she's being mean right now i know there's so much grass to share don't bitch or I get all the goddamn glass that falls in front of us next to her. <coughs> and I'm not going anywhere fucking near that stranger. I'm not going, I'm not doing shit. Um, Is it because I traumatized you? Because when you were little, I scooped you up and took a selfie? I remember that selfie. Yeah, that was the one and only time. Did she, like, wriggle and run away? I, like, put her down. She, like, climbed up the couch. But that was when she was baby. She wasn't hissy or anything. She was just like, ah, blah, blah. No, she, yeah, she's just different now. I don't know. She still looks baby. Don't you, baby? I love you. I love you, baby. She doesn't give a fuck. Traitor mommy. <laughs> she's letting people in here. I am always traitor mommy. She's so annoying. She's so annoying. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. yeah. Um... So they meet up for drinks, they start hanging out, she talks about her problems, mostly ghost problems. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm very spiritual, I'm a Virgo, we're compatible, do you want to hang out? My girlfriend Christina has some coke, um, if you want, we can go back over to your place. Um, and we can do some coke. And do some coke. You know, we do the things. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess. I wasn't alive. I have no idea. Um, so yeah. So Christina comes over, they do coke, they have a threesome, they talk he talks about that threesome for a long time. <laughs> Once again, Haas can't shut up while he's getting his dick wet. Yeah, um, yeah, they stop talking about they stop talking about Zampano. Kind of come they let me see. We just sat down on the floor and snorted, snorted lines of coke off of the CD case, gulped out a bottle of wine, and then used it to play spin the bottle. They kissed each other, then me, then we forgot about the bottle, then we forgot about Zampano, and about this, and about the tech, and about that shit that happened in the tattoo shop literally two days, like, that day. Because <laughs> he's, I don't know. Um, yeah. Da-da-da. Haas doesn't know what compromentalizes. Com- and then he started thinking about his dad. Yeah, it goes on about his dad for a long time. And then he talks about how his dad died. And then he goes back to kissing. And then... What, you don't think about your daddy issues when you're getting it on? No, I, that's the, that's the, that, God, if that's what I, oh my God, 
If I, oh my god, don't even joke about that. Why the fuck would I be thinking about my father in the middle of the fucking, not the happiest time of my life, but oh my god, the, my, my most favorite exercise. Stop. No, stop it. Then lay down. Hissy, hissy. Um, let me see here. Dee, 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 dee. Yeah, so he's like, oh, fuck, I just thought about my dad. I gotta get, I gotta go, I gotta go ham. So he goes even more ham into this threesome. And then, let me see here. The giggles subsided and laughter dimmed and darkness enfolded all of us and we gave away our childhood for nothing and we died and condoms littered the floor. And Christina threw up in the sink and Amber chuckled a little and kissed me a little more. But in that way, told me it was time, but in a way that told me it was time to leave. My girlfriend's sick now. You gotta go. They Bye. Went to, they went to his apartment. Oh, no. They did go to her apartment. Yep. <laughs> She's like, okay. It's time for you to go. I have to take care of my girl now. My girlfriend. I think Christina was just her girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, she paged her friend who took less than 20 minutes. Yeah. I think that I think that was just her girlfriend's and it was the 90s and they were just like she's just like yeah you're cute but you gotta go I gotta take care of my girlfriend now bye she's really sick yeah and then they go on about and then he thinks and he talks about his dad again being dead and yeah and that's it and that's the whole fucking footnote and then chapter five. And then chapter five. Um, the last footnote, or the last bit of courier text that we get is about uh, footnote number 44, where um, it's referencing a translation that was, that was in French. Um, and then, yeah, we don't get any more juxtaposition about this. Um, apparently the guy who had exclaimed this happened right before he was killed, and everything is fucking redacted because it got spilled in ink. Got ink spill on top. So I think he says he hopes it's ink. Oh, right. Um, at least I'm assuming it's ink. Maybe it's not, maybe it's something else. But then that's not really important. You don't think so? You don't think so? Plus, it's very important. It is very important. Uh, but yeah. And that's the last Tom, uh, Tom. That's the last Johnny notes. Mm. And then chapter five opens with echoes. Now, honestly, after kind of looking, we're skimming back through this again. Really, the echo is all just juxtaposition to the part of where basically like echo, it goes all into the mythology of echo, mm -hmm. as well as like echoes are just the opposite of silence. And so when there's no echoes, it's fucking scary. Which like traces back to the uncanny thing yeah. in last chapter. As well as also to the fact that this is the part that I will start going into where um, because Navy and Karen aren't paying too much attention to their kids, um, there's a part that while they're trying to figure it out, um, this is where Retson really gets involved because Tom and Navy have gone back to him and they're like, hey, even with your tools, and Redson's like, all right, I gotta see this. So even though he's in a wheelchair, I think he like, 
tells Tom to fuck off for a second because Tom's like, you want me to carry you upstairs? Because this is happening upstairs. He's like, fuck you and your fucking stairs, you ableist piece of shit. And I'm like, I'll figure out how to get up there. And he's like, okay. I'm going to kick you to death. He's <laughs> like, all right, well. And they get him up there. And he starts doing his thing. He I starts. Think he does crawl up there. I think he might. I think he does. Where was it? Uh, on the first visit, Tom volunteers to try and carry him. That won't be necessary, Retson grunts, effortlessly swinging out of his chair and dragging himself up to the second story using only his arms. Yep. You got a pair of guns there, don't you, partner? The engineer is only slightly winded. Too bad you forgot your chair, Tom adds dryly. <laughs> well, and fuck you. Navison is the one who hauls up the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> that's page 55 oh my god that's so funny uh, so Navison starts looking around he says this which I mean I guess it's not wrong but it's quite a way to word it still no matter how many times Redson wheels from the children's bedroom to the master bedroom or how carefully he examines the strange closet space the bookshelves or the various tools Tom and Will have been measuring the house with he can provide no reasonable explanation for what he keeps referring to as a goddamn spatial rate. Okay, Retson. I guess that's a way to explain it. That certainly is a way to describe what's happening here. Um, maybe an anomaly or phenomenon. There's different words. I guess that explains how it's all fucked up. Uh, yeah, it sure is fucked up. I don't know if I don't I don't think that's the wording I Is the house getting, like, the house is not the victim. I think it's more the house is victimizing space. The house is the perpetrator. Yeah. Um, but anyways, they keep trying to figure it out. I think Tom has to go back to his work. They kind of, like, leave it for a little bit. They're like, all right, we can't keep spending too much time. Tom's got to go back. Renson has to go back as well. So Karen and Navy kind of put a little pause. Um, Karen is still really trying hard to ignore the anomaly that's happening. She's talking to her mom. She has now been getting more into feng shui. Um, the kids, the alienation of their kid finally becomes apparent to both of them one evening in the middle of July. So, it says by June, going by the high eight tapes, the problem remained unsolved, but Tom and Retson had a look. By yeah, middle of like, July, things have kind of like chilled a little bit until one day they hear their kids screaming, echoing, in fact. Isn't that a little funny? Echoes come back again. Their voice peeling through the house. Yep. Because now what used to be a hallway has now become increasing in size. No room in the house exceeds a length of 25 feet let alone 50 feet, let alone 56 and a half feet. And yet Chad and Daisy's voices are echoing, each call responding with an entirely separate answer. This is basically where Navy dives into the hallway because the kids were playing in there. Mm -hmm. So there's no longer a hallway. It's now the void as they know it and will be for kind of the remainder of the time. It's their castle. Karen is not able to follow. And this is when we learn 
that she has crippling claustrophobia. I would love to talk about the fucking psychiatrist notes that are in the footnotes of this. Oh, we can talk about it. Okay. Because, yeah, they, she has, like, a whole little experiment or something to, like, try to get over it, and it very much does not work. I would love to break this down and talk about it. Because they, she takes medicine that I've taken. <laughs> Alright. Um, let's kind of keep going, and then we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, but Navy does get the kids out, and I don't think they seal it off. They might seal it off, I think. Um, Karen is when she makes this promise to Navy to never go back, like, in there again. Like, to fuck off with the hallway and never go back in there. Do you want to read, like, do you want to do, do the back and forth with this dialogue? The, on 57? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can. Who do you want to be? Um, you pick. You want to be Karen? I'll be Karen. Navy, promise me you won't go in there again. Let's see if it's even here in the morning. It will be. She lays her head down flat on his chest and begins to cry. I love you so much. Please promise me. Please. Whether it's the lasting flush of terror still in Karen's cheeks or her absolute need for him, so markedly different from her frequent, frequently aloof posture, Navison cradles her in her arms like a child and promises. We don't get to see I do, though. The what? We don't get to see him be like, actually, I promise. It's just, he does promise. We don't physically get to read his words promising it. And then he fucking breaks that promise. Yeah. And he... that's when my fucking note of, hey, maybe, how about at 3 a.m. you don't fucking go into the giant void in your house? He's like, that sounds like a great time not to go in there. He's like, but I want to go in so bad. I want to go in so bad. They got secrets. I want to know their secrets. So this is when they start, you know, kind of really figuring out. They get a scare, basically, because the kids fucking disappeared in there for a minute and maybe had to go in and get them. And now they're like, all right, all right, we don't want to keep fucking with this. Later in here, in chapter five, this is when the five and a half minute hallway um, appears. They start talking about how it kind of got spread around. But essentially, it's maybe, you know, Going in there when he really shouldn't. Uh, not just yet, but Tom, I think, comes back and he installs a door to close off the hallway. They basically lock that bitch up. Like, they have color-coded locks and keys. Four locks. Yes. Red, yellow, green, and blue. And the Simon game. Four schlatt deadbolts and color codes the four separate keys. Daisy keeps Tom company while he does that. She's like, she has like a little cup of coffee, watching them. She's like, oh, but they lock the door. Um, oh, while he's it. installing the door, I think it does say Tom opens it slowly. He unlocks the door and peers inside. Somehow, and for whatever reason, the thing has grown again. So it gets even bigger. In the amount of time it took Tom or Navy, mostly Tom at this point, to install a door, lock it, close it. And then, right after doing so, opens it. It has grown again. As soon as it, was, as it was out of sight, it immediately increased in volume again. That shit wasted no time. Yeah. They're like, oh, looks like, <laughs> looks like they like the first one. Wow, they love version two so much. <coughs> she loved it so much she cried. Baller version four. We're gonna skip. We're gonna skip. 
<laughs> um, Navy is just like studying it. He's like, what do we do? And Tom just like, move. Yeah, we should move. Get out. Move. We, please, let's leave. Uh, Tom and, no, sorry. Karen and Navy have like a little uh, part where they do their little vlogging and they're kind of talking about their sex life. You know, I guess while they, when they first moved to the house, they were getting it on again. Like they were really piping off with it. Now with the house going kind of cuckoo, Karen is losing her sex drive for understandable reasons. Yeah, this, this whole segment, I was like, like this shit was so unabashedly like real. I was like, oh yeah, I can see how this is like a documentary. Like this absolutely is a documentary. And even, <clears throat> take the house out of the equation. This is a documentary about two emotionally unavailable people staying together for the kids. And yet they love each other, but they struggle to fully love each other. They struggle, their own problems. They struggle to express their love for each other is like the hugest thing. Like if they were just like acting like they loved each other and then didn't, that'd be different. But like they love each other and they simply cannot just like. They can't. Real, they struggle to compromise clearly because they both lapse for what the other one wanted them to do as well as yeah like Karen's whole thing about being aloof and all that even though she desperately she's like doesn't yeah wants Navy's attention it's like girl just this reminds me of that um, get his attention I have gone girl right yeah um, this reminds me of a monologue. I watch because I watched the movie Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and I forget that white woman's name. Um, but you you know her. You've seen her. She's oh. in she's in Pride and Prejudice. She's the old she's the eldest sister in Pride and Prejudice. Um, she's so cute in that. But um, she says like as she's like leaving her husband, she says she had like this monologue about cool girl. Like I did this, that, and the other. I bent over backwards. To become cool girl and you didn't want and you and then when we got together I thought I could be me and I can't I, I still have to be cool like you still want cool girl when even when you have me and I was like but this is that like Karen enveloped cool girl their whole relationship she never gave it up, even after the kids. Which, like, bro. That is so draining. Unrelatable. <laughs> that is so, that, I can't imagine how draining that must be. To not be able to, like, be? be, and just be like, or, like, to think that she has to constantly do this. And, like, I feel like that's not even it. Like, she chooses to be this cool girl because she has acted the way she is around him before as seen in like when they were first moving in and he decided to keep all of and decided to keep the hair on her hairbrush and she's like don't do that blah 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 like they yeah like they 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 express love for each other but they don't they they made a conscious they make a conscious decision to not do it all the time which is weird it's weird and psychotic 
Sick and twisted. The streets, street, the streets are at it again. I want to talk about, so, you know, they're kind of vibing. They're trying their best with the fucking room, with their relationship to each other. Domestic tensions, as it calls it. Because, you know, no one's going to be feeling all right when there's a mysterious door that keeps fucking growing every time you open it. Yeah, that's scary. And, like, even if it doesn't, I think the thing that's even more scary is that, like, it doesn't open outside. It's not about the dangers from outside. It's inside. The calls come inside the house. The calls come inside the house. And then in early August, I forgot about this section. So they have some friends come over that Navy knows. The names are never mentioned. It's redacted. Mm-hmm. In early August, blank. An equally famous blank dropped in for dinner. We do know it's two people because they do describe... Like, that there's two people being mentioned here and we that know, have visited. And we know that they're famous. Yeah. Like, I think it's Navy knows them in his field. Also, another thing, we don't know where these bitches are. I thought they were in New York. And now that they're saying that they're in D.C., where the fuck is this house? Does it mention it? No, that's right. We it is, a complete, com- we it is a complete coincidence that they happen to be in D.C. at the time. So that means that they're in the vicinity of D.C. There's only one D.C. in the U.S. Yeah. Know. I mean, when it comes to the story, do we really gotta know? They're kind of in the country-ish. Kind of in the country-ish, but also in D.C. Yeah. Alright. And they're not that far away that they can't, like, go to town. Yeah. But where is Charlottesville? That's in Virginia. Or North Carolina. Which is close by. That's also close by. That's like two hours from D.C. And that's how Tom's able to like get over there without being too, too far. Yeah. All things considered. Um, but while they're having the dinner party, and Tom is there, by the way. I think he stays for a little bit after the house thing again with the door installation. He decides to stay for a bit longer. Mm. Um, so I think one of the friends is like, no more crazy Navy, eh? Aren't those the days? Blah, 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 blah. And so, Karen's like, don't you fucking do And Navy's like, you want to see some crazy shit? And he fucking goes and unlocks the door. Yeah. As soon as he shows the friends, all their jokes and everything die. They look at that, and they leave. <laughs> they get the fuck out. They're like, oh. And they just go. Oh Blank takes one look at the dark place and retreats into the kitchen. Ten minutes later, Blank is gone. Blank steps up to the dress hold, points Navy's flashlight at the walls and floor, and then retires to the bathroom. A little later, Blank is also gone. Karen is so enraged by the whole incident, she makes Navy sleep on the couch with his beloved hallway. This is when Exploration A happens. And this is the first exploration. Yes. I think it's interesting that he decides to mark it as A rather than as number one. Because in every one, except for this one, he, does, he doesn't go in. This is his exploration. So it's A. Because he first. This is the alpha. It's my house. So um, in exploration A, at 3.19 a.m., Switching hour. He has his camcorder and he's like, yeah, I can't sleep. We're going to go in. <laughs> he's like a vlogger. 
vlog. Hey guys, it's me, Speaker Point. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think his his like streamer tag would like? You know how they all have like, what's up, everybody? What do you do? It's your boy. It's Crazy Navy, baby. <laughs> what up, everybody? What up, guys? It's Crazy Navy, baby. Back again. We're about to investigate this hallway. We're gonna go explore my fucking hallway because I'm a little curious. It's not gonna hurt. Little does he know, it gets scary. Let's get started on the house tour. So he goes in, and on page 64, he enters. First off, he does note, which has been noted before, that it's cold. The walls are super fucking dark, and it's just, like, freezing in there, essentially. Like, the first, everyone notices the temperature is just real icy. He goes in. And he starts, like, you know, going down a corridor and discovers there's other corridors that, like, branch off from it. So he, like, starts going down some of them. And he keeps going deeper and deeper, passing a number of doorways leading off into alternate passageway or chambers. Here's a door. No lock. Hmm. A room. Not very big. Empty. No windows. No switches. No outlets. Heading back to the corridor. Leaving the room. It seems colder now. Maybe I'm just getting colder. Here's another door. Unlocked. Another room? Again, no windows. Continuing on. He just keeps on going in. He gets to an entrance that's much larger than the rest and it arcs above him. And then it just has like endless black. At this point, the analysis is like, only now do we begin to see how big Navison's house really is. Um, it mentions his camera work. It's very good. I'd hope so, he's a fucking photographer. You know, you think that, and then you see, like, live action of, like, vice cameramen, and they're like, like, you see them running for their fucking lives. You're like, <gasps> well, that's when they're running. Yeah, that's true. They're not going to keep that shit steady. The 9-11 oh. reporter and cameraman did not keep that shit steady. They were running. Yeah, that's true. I think the only reason it was somewhat steady is because, like, it was mounted like a body harness. Like a, yeah, steady cam. So, like, those are a little more sturdier. That's just the first one I could think of. No, no, yeah. You said fucking 9-11 as your example. I'm sorry. That just clicked in. That just clicked into place for me. I'm like, like it's it was Tetrising in my brain. <laughs> and then like the final square piece. I watched dark things and one of them, I don't know, it, I think it was just like different videos about 9-11. Did you ever watch a compilation of like survivor footage? I think it was something like that. Or, no, it was, I think, um, I think it was, like, a close call. Because it was, like, a reporter, he was going off or something, and one of the towers gets hit, and they're pretty close to the bottom, so it starts crumbling down. And so they start running with everyone else. And the reporter, as he's running, because obviously he's not being weighed down, he keeps turning around, like, running backwards, basically, and encouraging his cameraman to keep going, because his cameraman... Is so much slower because he's he's all geared up he can't run that fast but you just see like the dust kind of billowing in as they're keeping ahead and occasionally cameraman fucking kudos to that guy i have to find it again those he cameras... turned around a few times and you just see the dust the cloud slowly creeping up on everyone as everyone just keeps running just going because where the fuck else are they gonna go you know i feel like now stop me whenever you know how, like, in, like, how a bunch of disaster movies came out after this? Mm -hmm. And how, for especially those movies, but also for some other movies, 
um, there was always a scene of, like, a huge billowing something waiting, like, cha- like chasing the, the one person left in the crowd trying to run away. And then, like, it either catches them or, like, they get out of the way. But, like, that scene, I've seen a lot. And it was, and I will say comfortably, all of those, most of those, were made post 9 11. I can't help but wonder if, like, that experience of running from, like, of running from the debris, probably did. how that impacted, like, movies and, like, how certain things were shot for that. Probably. I mean, it's not the. It's not the first disaster to have something billow out. Of I course, but that's, so that's such like, a that's such a point of view yeah. thing. Is what I think. Um, I don't remember why that the other clip was involved in the episode I was watching. The other type of movie that I've seen that kind of shot in was the Green Lantern movie. Um, there's a part where like the yellow guy is like. A big thing and he's like chasing after people and there's this mm-hmm. one girl she's like sprinting like I think that one <laughs> that's the one that really got me <laughs> like she cause like you see other ones and like they're always like looking back and like mm-hmm. flailing and like screaming but her she was dead silent she was running like she was a track star and she still got caught and I was like oh my god that one actually put a pit in my stomach well, people react to things different ways. I mean, even in that video, like, the caravan turned a few times, but he mostly kept going forward. Mm-hmm. I think for, honestly, just history's sake, he would turn around, and as well, just to, like, for the camp, for the shot. Yeah. He was still a cameraman. Nothing bad happens to the cameraman. And he didn't make it. That's like they saying, both made it. That's like saying nothing bad happens to the Kennedys. <laughs> <laughs> nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. What the fuck is that show called? A uh, Clone High. Yeah, Clone High. <laughs> they made a season two, did you know? Because it got so much. Yes. It got discontinued and then everyone brought it back on TikTok. So Because they're all sharing clips, so they made it again. I heard it was bad. I heard people didn't like it. Yeah, a lot of people are saying it's not great. Something about. Because like, like, one of the main characters, the voice actor. Ganji's not there. Yeah. Also, Ganji is like a historical figure. Um, but so is, so is, so is John Kennedy. <laughs> they gave him an ass, though. Oh my god, why did they do that? Why did they make him like that? I think he did actually have an ass. The, I'm not sure. He, I don't pay attention to photos of him like that. He had so many, like, physical stuff. He had, like, so many physical ailments wrong with him. Because he was a veteran. He was a vet. So he had, he got, like, shitty VA stuff. So they didn't, they couldn't fix him. So he had shit fucked up. So like clone, so like JFK in Clone High is like if nothing bad ever happened to him, basically. Yeah, but everything bad. But um. Uh. But yeah, most of the people in the video were like running forward, and if you would look back, if only I think to like just make sure how far ahead they were, because you know. Eventually, you gotta look back and make sure whether you gotta keep going or not. What's worse, running and not being able to look back, and not but also, and also like not looking back, but also not knowing how close or how far it is, or looking back and and seeing how close it is. Yeah, and knowing that like it can catch up and it can over over overwhelm you. 
I feel like the first is a little worse. Because at least with the second, you can see it, and that gives you a little more adrenaline to keep going. But the first one, you're just trucking. You're and you're trucking. just You're hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's how I would feel. But. Like, I probably would not really be looking back. But I know if I got, if I felt like I was ahead enough, I probably would shoot a glance back. If only to be like. Yeah. You like, do, yeah. I, do I need another adrenaline boost? I'll look at it. I get it. Yeah. I think you, I think it's like a, like you have a, you have like a sense for that. Yeah. You sense how close it is. Um, yeah. Nice. Human senses are fucking crazy. Um, back to this. Back to this. Um. Didn't mean to go off on a weird 9-11 cameraman tension. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is where the, also that footnote when all the fucking names shows up. I'm going to skip past that real quick. <laughs> Just going to ignore that. Yep. Oh just like we almost whole, ignored the other segment. It's a whole page. It's oh my god, this goes on for so, forever. While Navy's in there, he's still exploring. He found that big archway room, so he's kind of in there. And at this point, everywhere he's like pointing his flashlight, like it touches it touches nothing. His flashlight, I don't think, is super strong because later on we do see they're kind of able to see something. Granted, maybe that was also because the room changed. Who knows? At least we know when Navy's in there, he doesn't see anything. Can't you imagine the house making Navy look like a fucking idiot? It fucking like shrinks again when he brings people over. Yeah, and the guys are like, oh, it's because we have better cameras because we're fucking cave spelunkers or whatever the fuck. So yeah, our 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 light penetrates deeper, just like how it penetrates deeper into your wife than you. I don't know. I just kind of thought about that. I was like, could it have been that he really couldn't see the wall because? Or the ceiling because his flashlight wasn't strong enough? Or was it at the time just out of reach? And then as later on, as we'll tell the audience, when the next guys go in, it comes down a bit. Spoiler alert! More people are coming to this fucking house. Navy's not happy about it. We'll get there. Um, but so, he's in there. He's in this great void room, basically. Yeah. And this is where he heal, hears something that sounds like a growl. And understandably, thank God, because he was stupid enough to go in there at 3 a.m., but when he hears that growl, he's like, ah, I better go back. I better go back. And then this is he my, gets lost. This is the best part to me. This is, when I read this, I actually did get scared. Because, hold on, let me see here. here. There's nothing more terrifying than, like, turning around in pitch blackness. That's like video game shit, when you're just lost and you're like, how do I get out? Yeah, this paragraph is okay oh i'm i'm gonna read this paragraph real quick navison swiftly turns around much to his horror he can no longer see the arch let alone the wall he has walked beyond the range of his light in fact no matter where he points the flashlight the only thing he can perceive is oily darkness even worse his panicked turn and the subsequent absence of any landmarks make it impossible for him to remember which direction he just came from oh god he blurts creating odd repeats in the distance. Hey! He shouts, spawning a multitude of Hey! 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 I do like that fucking back to the echo shit again. He uses it to get out. Yeah, it's fucking echo, echo location. Because he says, hey, here's the multitudes of Avery, rotates 45 degrees, yells balls. Balls! A long moment of silence falls before he hears the faint halls. After several such turns, he discovers a loud easy returns Z with the least amount of delay. Oh! 
That's what they meant. Instead of hearing balls back, he hears balls. Balls. Right? Easy. He turns a Z with the wow. And that's when he decides he'll go that direction. Um, and within less than a minute, the beam from his flashlight finds something more than darkness. He quickens his pace and he reaches the wall. From there, he has another decision, go left or right. Um, he takes a penny and places it at his feet, relying on it as a marker he had left for a while. A um, minute passes, he still failed to find the entrance. He returns to the penny, he goes to the right, and quickly he comes to a doorway. Now this is when he realizes though that the doorways are like not the same. He realizes he can't find the arch that he passed through. Um, and so at this point he's getting like kind of scared. And the growl comes back. Yeah, a faint growl returns rolling through the darkness like thunder. So he quickly, <laughs> it's like he's like, mm, and returns to the doorway. <sighs> Man, this is the fucking adventure he wanted. This is the fucking last adventure he wanted. I don't know why the fuck this man wants to go back in. Well, he gaslights himself later he as wanted, he tells the crew. He wanted to vanquish dragons and slay beasts. Here's the... He wanted to go into dungeons and slay dragons. Here's the dungeon. Here's the dragon. This is what you wanted. I mean, I mean I'm sure you also wanted to, like, have a house and be with your wife and children, but... This is how you go. Um, so he quickly does a phase fight... Um, returns to the doorway. Only now he discovers the penny he left behind, which should have been at least a hundred feet further, lies directly before him. Even stranger, the doorway is no longer a doorway, but the arch he's been looking for all along. The house is fucking with him. So the house wrinkled. Yeah. The house is like, me? Recording. Uh, as he steps through it, he really, he immediately sees how drastically everything changed. The corridor is way more narrow than it was. And he has no idea where to go, but a third growl ripples through significantly louder, and he panics and fucking bolts for it. He sprints only for a few seconds because he realizes it's useless or dangerous. Which kudos to him. I can't say the same. I'd be just fucking... I'd be through there. I would be screaming, I would be crying, I would be alone in a dark place. I actually do have a little bit of claustrophobia. Not to the extent that Karen has it. But I had I too have been locked in a in a closet in the dark. Um, was there a fucking void ha- wooded hallway behind me? No, thank God, because my ass would have walked in. I was like, wow, it's an adventure. What's in here? It's a secret cave. My secret cave. I feel like if you were laying against the wall and you try the door again, and then when you went to lay back down, you fell backwards. <laughs> Because the door fucking, the wall is just, oh my god, that'd be such a great opening to a game. We should, you should make that game. I like that an RPG maker. Yes. I have no idea how I'll do that. I'll help you. Um, but so now he starts shouting her names. He shouts for Karen. He shouts for Tom. Um, and then they, they, keep add in, they add in the echoes that return. Yeah. So first it's Karen with a bit, Karen, Tom. Briefly catching hold, um, um, um. the last um in a slightly higher pitch in spite of his own voice. He waits and then says, I'm in here. And then a sharp cry and and fall and he starts following these echoes. Because it's a child's cry that responds. 
So first it's Addie's, right? And then he keeps going, keeps going, until he finally hears his daughter, uh, his daughter Daisy. He well, hears it through a low passageway, and he manages to like get through it to find the doorway that leads into his house with Daisy at the end. Like she's crying at the door, and the whole time he's still hearing these growls. But for some reason, past the threshold, it appears Daisy cannot. Assuming that these growls have been going as loud as they are through these this echoic chamber, not one growl has been heard outside of the void. Granted, well, yes, but it doesn't say that Daisy doesn't hear anything. She hears her dad. She's crying for him. She had a nightmare. She had a nightmare. Could she perhaps hear the growl in those nightmares? Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. It really does not focus on her. Babe, no one gives a fuck about these kids throughout this entire... I feel like these kids have... There is such a potential to hear what they are going through. I just finished watching Haunting of Hill House where it's just about kids getting haunted. So, it's on the brain, you know? Um, So, really good show. I sobbed. You should definitely watch it. Or, actually, you might not like it. I kind of watched it by proxy because Anthony watched some of it. Did you like it? No, he wasn't really into it. He's very specific with like his horror though. He's way more into like supernatural things or like exorcism stuff. Oh, okay. Like Conjuring and the Nun. That is so. But those have like ex- explicitly like religious connotations. That doesn't like scare him more. No. Well, I guess that I guess if that's what he's looking for to be scared more. No, that's so funny, because, like, the family in Hill House are, like, exclusively atheist. <laughs> no, like, he just likes how exorcisms and, like, those things are. Mm. He just, he digs that. Mm. Okay. And apparently, I can handle those. Yeah, I've been watching, I watched Nun 2 with him. I watched The Conjuring too. I like it. I watched, we were watching some of The Nun, because I did not, I had never seen any of this shit before. This so, is, it's a whole universe now. Yeah, he was telling me about it. He was like, all right, all you need to know is, like, kind of this is what happens in Nun for Nun 2. I'm like, okay. And then the Nun is in The Conjuring 2 because um, the wife sees her, or sees the Nun when they were looking at Amityville House. And she we watched Conjuring, the first Conjuring. First Conjuring is really good. Mm-hmm. And then I think we'll look at the Annabelle series too, but I think we have to finish The Nun. First, I want to say, The Nun, I love her. She's such an artist. <laughs> in Nun 2, there's a scene. Spoilers ahead. Do you care? No. Okay. There's a scene where uh, the girl from the first movie. The wife or the daughter? The nun. The, the nun? The, not the ghost <laughs> nun. Nun girl. Okay. Fucking... There's a girl that's a nun. Irene? Sister. Yeah, sister. Sister Irene, I think. Or okay. Irene. Yvonne? No. It's like Irene something. It's like Ing. Ing. Ingrid? No. I'm gonna call her Irene because that's as close to the name as I can get. Ivy? No. Weird name. With an ing at the end. With an I don't know any fucking name that ends with an ing. Anyways, she shows up because the bishop from the first one, like, passed away. 
and congestive heart failure, they said. And, I mean, that's not surprising. And they're like, you have experience with this. We need you to go explore why these people are dying. It's like going across, started from Romania. You know about Romania. And she's like, yeah, I guess I know about Romania. And so she's in France, I think. She's like, I'll go. She's in a back alleyway because she was trying to follow a boy because this boy was the only witness to a priest combusting in the flames. Oh. And so she's trying to find him and he disappears and she goes down this black hallway and there's this magazine rack and she gets like a vibe and she like looks at the magazines and they all start flipping until they start making the shape of the nun. And she's a fucking artist. She's like a mountain for her head. Different celebrity body parts. Like, she made herself out of magazines. She loves scrapbooking and collaging and mixed She collaged herself. She loves mixed media. And then Ivy gets, like, closer. I think she blinks and then the nun shows up and, like, chokes her out. Cool. As she should. Good for her. Good for her. But while Anthony, like, gets a little jump from that, I'm like, she's such an artist. <laughs> That's how I felt reading, um... Yeah. That's how I felt watching the country too because it has so many like cunty ass moments like especially with like the old man um there's a scene where the kid (laughs) that's possessed ends up in the fucking fuse box of the house and i'm like first of all this fuse box is enormous yeah why do you just have this put a lock on it hello um and then she's like he's like I died in this chair. I died in the chair. died in that chair. The chair that this fucking woman lives in. Like, a furnished apartment. Chair old man died in. <laughs> Period. Doesn't everybody? Yeah, right? Don't we all have something that's old as decrepit as fuck? That couch. But no one died there. No one died on it. Mama has an old rocking chair that my great great grandma used. Yeah, but she didn't die in the chair. No, but she spent a lot of time. Every time I ever saw that woman, she was in that chair. Oh, yeah. My gra- my grandparents, um, they have the same one. Or It was two rocking chairs. One was for my grandma's mom, and then one was for my grandpa's mom. And then after my grandma's mom died, that chair went to her brother. And then we have Gladys's chair. But my, my grandparents' house is haunted. I hope they haunt it. That'd be so sick. And then I inherited it. All going according to plan. Um, Anyways. Oh. So he gets out. Yeah, he gets out. He puts Daisy back to bed. Karen comes down. She's like, honey, I'm sorry. Navy doesn't say a fucking word. He's like, oh, <laughs> I'd rather survive. She's like, hey, I'm really sorry about what had happened. I'm so, I just... Uh, and then they have sex. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Sex. Instead of, like, talking about, let's the, the talk about any of their problems. Let's just fuck it out, babe. Yes, you do. Yeah. Stress reliever. Period. Um, and then, while Navy has his little vlog moment, and he's like, I feel bad for lying. He's, like, kind of getting into it, and then at that moment, Daisy busts in. She's like, I want to play. And he's like, what do you want to play? And she's like, always. What's always? Before he can, before she can answer, he starts tickling her around the neck. Daisy dissolves in a burst of delight. Um, and then there's a little analysis that's like, 
Despite the material via exploration, no one has ever commented on the game Daisy wants to play. Perhaps because everyone assumes it's either a request to play always or just childish nigglism. Then again, always slightly mispronounced always. It also echoes it. So the kids are playing in the hallways. She wants to play hallways. Because, assuming she has played this game before. Well, they did. They were playing in the hallway earlier. That's when the first instance of maybe diving in to go get the kids. Here's the thing about that. I wish I might have heard some growls. There's a footnote. Um, I don't know if you read it at the time. But it Haas brings up a, uh, a retcon that happens in this chapter. Um, page 57... Um, in the living room, Navidson discovers the echoes emanating from a darkless doorway which has appeared out of nowhere in the west wall. In the living room. The hallway that initially connected, that initially showed up, was in Navidson and Karen's room. We don't hear about that hallway anymore. Now it's in the living room. Oh yeah, I did read that and I was like, huh. Like, it confirms where the first hallway was, and then it just either moved, or they just ignore the fuck out of it, and now focus on the living room one only. Yeah. Haas says, um, initially the door was supposed to be on the fourth wall of the living room. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Initially the door was supposed to be on the north hall, uh, north wall of the living room. But now, as you can see for yourself, that position has changed. Maybe it's a mistake. Maybe there's some underlying logic to the shift. Fuck if I know, your guess is as good as mine. I think I read that thing. Did I? Going into the hospits. Um, oh. Love footnote 68. The hallway changed location. Fuck if I know, Ray. You right, Hoss. <laughs> God, there are so many motherfucking footnotes in this story. Oh my god, Haas, I'm gonna hunt you for sport. So that's when shit, like, that's when we learn some details about how Karen and Navy really are, and then how actually dangerous it is to go into these fast hallways, and the fact that it could just change up on you. Yeah. And there's something, something in there. Yeah. We don't know what. All we know is we don't want to stick around and find out. Let's um, before we get into Haas, I would like to talk about Karen. Yes. Um, now, there are two, not minute, there are two passages that exclusively talk about Karen and specifically about her mental illness and her bouts and her problems with it. First, let's talk, first we're going to go into an overview written by um, Posa, Victor Posa, I believe. When Diderot told teenage Sophie Rowland you'll die at 15, he could have been speaking to Karen Green, who at 15 did die. To be, oh, this is page 58. To behold Karen as a child is nearly as ghostly an experience as the house itself. Old family films capture her athletic zeal, her unguarded smiles, the tomboy spirit would sense her racing through the muddy flats of a recently drained pond. She's awkward, a little clumsy, but rarely self-conscious, even when covered in mud. Former teachers claim she frequently expressed a desire to be president, a nuclear physicist, a surgeon, even a professional hockey player. 
Um, no, not exclusively feminine or with that sort of focus in mind. Right? Very ambitious. Very ambitious child, right? Um, all her choices reflected unattenuated self-confidence, a remarkably high, healthy sign for a 13-year-old girl. Along with superb classwork, she excelled in extracurricular activities. She loved planning surprise parties, working on school productions, and even on occasion, taking on a schoolyard bully with a bout of fists. Karen Green was exuberant, feisty, charming, independent, spontaneous, sweet, and most of all, fearless. By the time she turned 15, all of that was gone. She hardly spoke in class, she refused to function in any sort of school event, and rather than discuss her feelings, she deferred the world with a smart, I'm sorry, with a hard and perfectly practiced smile. Apparently, if her sister is to be believed, Karen spent every night of her 14th year composing that smile in front of a blue plastic handled mirror. Tragically, her creation proved flawless, and though her near aphonia would have should have alarmed any adept teacher. Oh, aphonia is um, when someone stops speaking. Mm. Um, I'm assuming it's uh, it's like affiliated with aphasia, which is when people stop speaking altogether. Um, it was invariably rewarded with the pyritic prize of high school popularity. So she stopped talking and became more popular because of it. I don't know what the fuck happened to her. We, I don't know, me neither. It doesn't go into it. Like, somewhere between 13, she was fine. 14, she decides to something, go mute. And then 15, she's like, yeah. totally different. 13, pristine kid has been untouched by the dark hands of this world. 14, something starts happening that we have no idea, we have no idea what it is. And then at 15, the persona that she crafted in her 14th year has fully solidified, and that's her now. That's just her now. She she graduated high school, she became a model, she jet she was jet setting and blah blah blah. She meets a guy, what, seven years older than her, who's an established photographer and this and that. They do coke, they do drugs, they have mad passionate sex, and they have kids, but they never marry. Their relationship fucking confuses me. Like, I can get how... I can get why they wouldn't want to get married. I understand that. I mean, for, at the time, that's highly controversial. Um, even in the... Like, pre, this is also pre-90s. So this is like, what? Like, dead set in the 80s? Highly controversial. An unwed mother who... and But her boyfriend is the father of her kids. But they're not married. Yeah. That shit will, that shit will get things started. But... In their defense, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell did the same thing, and they're going strong. Like, I can get there's partnerships, but it's so uncommon. And then, like, I don't know, the way they are, it almost seems like they almost don't wish to kind of keep staying together, but then they do, but they don't. It's really, like, kind of topsy-turvy. They don't want the label of husband and wife, but want all of the responsibility. Karen, I think, explicitly wants the responsibility of marriage she i think she like really craves that kind of stability she craves that stability i mean i don't think they said anywhere that like her parents divorced or anything like it just happened she just happened this way and the problem with her clinging onto navy is that navy can never provide her any kind of security he can't it's i don't want to like and like because of his trauma like 
if they worked through their trauma, they could probably work this out or realize, hey, we're super toxic together, let's break up, period. But because they don't have any of this, and it's the 90s, um, it just, that, that kind of catharsis never comes. They just stay. They just stay in this weird limbo of married and not. And, but because, and because they're married and not, like they, I feel like Karen takes that as like an excuse to be able to go off and have the and have those previous flings, those previous affairs. She's and the one. We having... don't know directly if she really has had affairs. Oh, I'm pretty sure they say it's like it's not proven. Oh, like Navy has suspicions, like, like an alleged thing. Yeah. Well, she has the same thing for Navy. Like she worries about him possibly cheating. He definitely worries about it because her past, she had flings and stuff before him. Like, she was getting it on. She was a model. Yeah. Hold on. I just want to see if I mean, so I'm pretty sure. I don't I don't remember it being definite because that's when the whole, like, almost slut-shaming, like, article happens where, like, they're kind of going off like, she's just a sexy bimbo. And it's like, well, maybe. But that's not to say she is that way with Navy. She seems to try to restrain her want to like get it on with other dudes i think she enjoys the attention but she doesn't try to go further she tries to be loyal i think considering the time he spent away it's not out of the realm of possibility that she did do these things with these people just because like it is we see her struggle it's possible she could have been persuaded yeah and i mean especially because of her like constant urge of like wanting attention i hate to say it like that for lack of a for lack of better phrasing wanting attention that navidson just won't give her i think that's the real like kicker in this scenario is that like they're really in between a rock and a hard place and a fucking house that gets bigger (laughs) we're between a rock and the ever-expanding void of our house yeah of our hallway legitimately um and then the second thing that i wanted to go over is um karen took part of a study which promised to evaluate and possibly treat her fear um after the age was something the film became something a phenomenon um those results surfaced those results from the study surfaced um and it was eventually published so here's that here's here's a snippet of that publishing Subject number 00270087858, Karen Green, suffers severe panic attacks when confronting dark and closed spaces, is usually windowless and unknown, for example, a dark room in an unfamiliar building. The attacks are consistently characterized by one, accelerated heart rate, two, sweating, three, trembling, four, sensation of suffocation, five, feeling of choking, six, chest pain, seven, severe dizziness, eight, derealization, feelings of unreality, and eventual depersonalization, being detached from oneself. Nine, a combination of an intense fear of dying. See DSM-4, DSM-4, so this is before DSM-5 comes out. I think this is still the edition that has like homosexuality as an illness um, for reference. Uh, see, ad- see DSM-4, criteria for panic attack, Diagnosis subject suffers from specific phobia, formerly known as simple phobia, situational type. CDSM 4, diagnostic criteria for specific phobia. Because behavioral cognitive techniques have thus far failed to modify perspectives on anxiety and provoking stimuli, subject was considered ideal 
for current pharmacotherapy study. So because like just talking to a therapist wasn't really working out for her and like was really getting to like the root of her problem, they decided to put her on a trial for a drug. To see if it helped her like keep her anxiety triggers down. Yep. So initially subject received between 100 to 200 milligrams a day of tofranil or it's a generic name, imipramine, um, but no improvement switched, well, with no improvement switched early on to a beta adrenergic blocker, pro, oh, propranolol, I know that one, <laughs> propranolol, I have, yeah, I'm about, yeah, that's a, yeah, um, I never taken it, but I come across it a lot. An increase in vivid nightmares caused her to switch again to the Maui monoamine oxidase inhibitor transic oh my god tranny lysi trenyl trenyl okay which dissatis still dissatisfied with the results subject switched to the SSRI fluoxetine which I have taken uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, uh, fluoxetine, commonly known as Prozac. Yeah, yeah, it's an antidepressant. They gave her an antidepressant for her fucking claustrophobia. What the actual fuck is that shit supposed to do? Make her less sad about some familiar places. Jesus Christ. Subject responded well and soon showed increased tolerance when initially exposed to enclosed dark spaces. Unfortunately, moderate weight gain and orgasmic dysfunction caused the subject to drop out of the study. Um, subject apparently relies now on her own phobia and avoidance mechanisms, choosing to stay clear of enclosed unknown spaces, though occasionally when attacks become more frequent, she returns to Prozac for short periods of time. Um, and then it cites an article. Uh, the failure of pharmacological intervention. Also see uh, results... Oh my god, is this still going? Oh yeah, no, this is just about, um, yeah, this is just an extension of the footnote. Okay. Oh, uh, here's one more note from a doctor. Um, Celine Berzin, MD, observes that Karen's attacks, which I suspect stem from early, from early adolescent betrayal, increase proportionally with the level of intimacy, or even threat of potential intimacy, she experiences whether with Neil Navidson or even her children. Also, see Steve Sokolos and Julia Carter's Women Who Can't Love When a Woman's Fear Makes Her Run from Commitment and What a Smart Man Can Do About It. Oh, from 1978. Now yeah, that explains why it's fucking, why the title is like that. Is your woman afraid to commit to you? You're smart. We'll help you figure it out. Yeah, you're smart. You came to us. We know all about women. Written by who? Oh, man and woman. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say just a man. No. No, no. There's two. Um, I forgot about that part. So like, adolescent betrayal. So you know, like getting locked in a closet for God knows how long, or even worse, getting going to a junkyard and forcing her into a fucking fridge. What are you talking about? Oh. Um, is that referencing something? No, that's like a thing that happens. Like, if, like, uh, fuck, 
so I was listening to a podcast where people would send in like their hometown stories and one of them talked about how like they lived next to a junkyard and you know people dump their appliances and their cars and like oversized metallic things there and so one of the things that is like frequently in there are washers and dryers and fridges and the thing about fridges is that they're sealed yeah they can't open from the inside they can't so if a kid is doing hide and seek they'll climb in and they can't and then they can't get like god forbid like while they're in uh, the fridge falls on its front they can't push the fridge off same thing for dryers and washers so like imagine like i imagine they just they just shoved her in one one day that's a dark enclosed space where you can't breathe and oxygen is like get leaving the longer you're in there and it's not plugged in so it's insulating all of the heat so it's super hot on top of that and maybe some friends pulled a nasty prank and then let her out and she fucked off from them exactly adolescent betrayal you know she could it's like she came back wrong everything is the same but something is fundamentally different i have heard of this or rather I've heard of instances of, like, a child playing hide-and-seek and then their corpse being found because they never came home. Yeah. Yeah. Is that scary? Is that scary and awful? I hope I figure out what would cause her to act like this eventually. Um, if I do read more, if I read further than you, um, I'll, and I find out, I'll let you know. Um, so... I think I think I'm gonna talk about these footnotes and then we can finish up here. Sounds good. So, oh my God, Johnny! I feel like Johnny's talking more and more with every chapter. Not that I hate it, but I do. I I don't think you're wrong, cause yeah, he is talking a little bit more. Like this is let this is becoming less about Navy and more about Johnny. And I'm not here for Johnny. I'm here for what happens to these goddamn kids in this motherfucking house. You know what I'm saying? Um, so the first footnote that comes out is in response to a footnote that Zampano made. Most of these are like sourcing, like bibliography stuff. But at this point, and a little bit before, um, Zampano actually starts putting in his own footnotes. You want to take a fun photo while I'm talking? Yeah, go ahead. Oh my god! That is such a cute little thing. It's my little hand one I have been gotten. I have three shots left, so I want to use it before because I kind of forgot about this film. Uh, it's really good for so long. Which one? Which size does that take? Full size? Teeny. Or teeny? Yeah. You can get the, the teeny ones are cheap. They go get you some for Christmas. I'll let you know which. I'll let you know the type of films my cameras can take, and then you can have your pick because I have the big ones and little guy now. Okay. You can keep talking. Um, so, it starts off with him talking <laughs> That is so subtle. How loud he is. Is there any, I don't think there's anything in there. Oh, no. Oh, it's a little tray. I see. And that's how you keep it from getting light exposed. All of them have a little, like, curtain that when the shot comes out, it gets covered so it doesn't get immediately shot by sunlight. Mm. That's also why I flipped it upside down to try to cover it. You want to try? Yeah. You look through here and then you press that big red button. I know how a camera works. Oh shit. God damn it. 
You just don't want to like try to touch the shutter, so that's why I kind of like pull from the edge. I forgot how much I love uh, Polaroid, Polaroid cameras. I have my own. God knows where it went. Nini has one. She doesn't use it. One more. Bum, bum, bum. Hmm. Oh wait, let's do one of the cats. Where's the cat? I don't have a Polaroid of the cats. Can we see? There's one left. Make it count. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Then we'll get back the horse. I think I'm gonna screwball for you. Woo! Or for you. Is that the only way I can ever be close to screwball? By a Polaroid? The door's open. They're just in there. You're just vibing. There you go. This mm. is the Polaroid Go for any audience that wants to know. Um, literally, palm-sized. Also came with stickers so you could decorate it. Uh, I thought they came on automatically and I was like, oh, that's kind of kitschy. No, no, no. It gave you a whole thing of stickers and then you could choose if you wanted to put it. So I was very selective about mine, but that's why I was like, <laughs> and the eyeball right underneath for your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that's neat that they put that there so that I know. No, that's me. And then one, two, three. And then I like the one where the Polaroid has like a tongue sticking out. Cause it's tongue. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. It's so cute. It is. My other ones are bigger, but honestly, I do need to just take them out more. And that guy is very like. Small. Next time we go out, we should take we should take that one I know. for silly little pictures. Cause God, I have I take so many silly little pictures. You really do. But I think the thing is that like you have to turn it on and blah blah blah. But yeah. Do you just like do you take like pictures? Period. Like in the, on the daily. No. Hmm. If you get Snapchat again, we can do streaks. We can do we can draw silly little pictures on the on the. We can just take a picture of anything and draw a little silly picture on. Well, I'd do that. Okay. Perhaps. I just, I don't know. I don't really like, I take some photos here and there, but I don't really do like, like every day. Oh, like a, like a selfie? Yeah. No, I don't expect you to. Because sometimes there's like some people on my Insta where like every day they post something and I'm like, well, why? They do that for money. I take pictures of butts. <laughs> Anytime I find a bug, I'm like, oh my god, guys, just give me, just give me one second, hold on. Because I have a fucking, I have a fantastic camera now, so I take fantastic bug pictures, which is what I got it for. I got that phone for its camera. I don't know anyone else who can say that anymore. I got that phone for its camera. I can take pictures of the fucking moon. That's all I care about. I'm in a relationship with the moon! Um, that's just me. So, the first, um, Zimpano's first ever footnote is about a fucking quote that's written the same twice. And he oh, said- Oh yeah, there's like a slight translation thing they're not sure of, right? Is that the one? Yes? It's like something something- It's in Spanish. It's a Spanish quote. And he says that, um... 
hold on. Yeah, something about exquisite. He says something about exquisite variation and shows the two quotes that were written. But they're the same fucking quote. To the letter, to the spelling, to the translation, it's the same quote. So there's no variation to begin with. And uh, Johnny uh, opens up his fucking footnote being like, what the fuck is that? That's bullshit. And then he goes on more, 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 more about, oh my God. Jesus footnotes. <laughs> he really talks about nothing. And like, like, if I were more critical, if I were thinking about this more critically, I could probably put like, 50 sticky notes on just this footnotes alone about how all of it still pairs in you know like with chapter one right chapter one chapter four about the uncanniness and how that keeps coming back and then this one i think also has a thing about echoes in, in inside his own thing so like it's like that meta again um but at this point he's just talking about how he woke up and like had he woke up, felt like shit, smoked a bowl, fixed, fixed it, and then went back to sleep. Yeah. Um, here's here's one here's one line from his footnotes. Mm-hmm. This much I'm sure of. I'm alone in hostile territories with no clue why they're hostile or how to get back to safe havens. An old haven, a lost haven, the temperature dropping, the hour heaving, and pitching towards an, a profound darkness. While before me, my idiotic, amorotic guide laughs. Actually, cackles is more like it. Lost in his own litany of inside jokes, completely out of his head, out of focus, too. Um, yeah. And that's the first nut. Like, he complains about one thing and then goes on about ten other things. Is that the car? Is that a car at Thunder? Because it is getting cut. I am going to have to call it soon. We can wrap it up here with that footnote. Okay. Because the other ones are a bit more, got a bit, got, the other ones have a lot going on. A little more long. This whole shit has a lot going on. <laughs> this whole chapter. This chapter took me the longest to get through because I had to go back and reread and then go back again because I was on a fucking footnote when I stopped. And I put a note here because I said I wanted to talk about it. This is such a good book. I hate Johnny. I hate Johnny so much. I'm so sick of him. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. I'll finish that up and then, now that we kind of got some of the recapping down. We finished like a chapter and a half. Yes. We've got, yeah, actually like about two or so. Yeah. Oh yeah, well not yet. We finished the whole like meat of two chapters and then we're just getting into the mm-hmm. Johnny stuff with chapter five. So that's definitely a little faster, yeah. I think, versus us reading page by page by page. But we love it. Yeah. I'll do it the other way. I don't even care. I just love talking about this book. I don't want to reread the entire thing again. That's kind of just me personally. I'm like, I'd rather recap and read certain parts than reread it all. Yeah. I'm just, I just like to bring for context. I'm like, what if they need the context for this? I need to know everything. Well, they should be good, and they should be reading it, too. Yeah, you should be reading it, too. So we don't technically have to read, re, reread it all. Yeah. Because they should also be reading. Yeah, you don't need a play-by-play. You guys should be reading along at home. This is your homework now. 
Um, also, we are, we are on page, sorry about that. <laughs> We're on page uh, 97. I of think the book ourselves. I think my brain just went on autopilot or something. I think I hit the stop button. I don't know what happened there. You're just like, huh? I'm done. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. I'm tired. It's gonna rain soon. I need to start going. It's over. Click. <laughs> um. Okay. You can't leave until I know. I know. This is posted online. It's bad luck. If not, it's bad luck. It's bad luck if we don't make sure the MP3 specifically actually completes and saves, and I have it named. It needs to be named, it needs to be exported, it needs to be posted onto Anchor before you leave this apartment. I know, because if not, it becomes lost media. Yeah! And I love lost media, but guys, I promise you, some of those episodes are fucking gone gone. Oh my god, we talked so much. We, have, we haven't lost literal hours of our lives, but we did. I mean, we did. We did. We wasted, like, I think three hours total. Yeah. No, four. A solid four. Because we missed, we we lost. That's like Alabama was at least two. It's like two and a half. And then uh, we lost, like, the last hour and a half of the House of Leaves talk from last, or episode. When we started. Yeah, when we started. (laughs) So, yeah. um, We have a, we have a, we have a. Ritual, we have to stick to the ritual or the gods of podcasting will smite us. They really do. We really, because like, we're like, we're like Catholic CE when it comes to worshiping podcasting gods. We do not post out a regular schedule. We do this for ourselves and not for money. And damn, do they punish us if God, we don't do it right. We are such fucking zealots in their eyes. Not zealots, the opposite of zealots. Heathens. Yes. Okay. Let's taper off so we can get Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're on page 97. We will, I do plan on getting to chapter, to at least chapter 10. Hopefully 11, if I really force myself. Force myself, that's not the right word. If I really push. Um. I mean, shit was about to really go down. Yeah, shit's popping off. So, um. From where we left off, not where we've told the audience. Yeah, I'll let you know once I get to chapter 10. Um, you'll probably get, like, at least three words from me about it. Um, because you're right there. You're so close. You're right there. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Oh my god, I think we only got through like, what page are we on? Chapter 5? I think we only got through like 20 pages of stuff. Kinda, but I feel like we went faster though. We did! Because we did spend a majority of our first hour just catching up. Yeah, we're just shooting the shit. So now instead of three hours to cover two chapters, we took only two hours. Yeah, which is great. I mean, we, we still have stuff to talk about. Um, so yeah. That's Lexi. That is Ox. And this is two gremlins, one brain cell. Come Join by. us next time. We'll see you in chapter 10. Bye. I'm not the